1: Runners NFL pick six show week number 12, the Thanksgiving week. We're going to be talking about the Thanksgiving slate, then we're going to talk about the main slate for week 12. We're doing it all, we're doing everything, we're doing it live. Usual suspects you got Rich Rebar, you have, uh, of course, some sharp football analysis. You got John Daigle, four for four sports, uh, four for four, and uh, from parts unknown, currently enjoying himself. Uh, Daigle, how are, uh, how are we doing tonight?
2: It's a festive evening, we're doing well. The apple pie old-fashioned recipe, in case you're curious, is simply four dashes of simple syrup combined with brown sugar beforehand and muddle it around with an orange peel. Unless you want to cook your own simple syrup. I don't want to get too complicated. You don't have to, even though it's easy. (laughs) And then two ounces of apple cider and three ounces of bourbon. Mix it around. Also then make an apple peel, and then that's your drink. And it's beautiful. And we're on number three right now, I believe. You're by yourself?
1: You're still doing the apple peel? Or is that only like if you have company? If you're present company, you're making it for somebody else possibly? Oh, no. I
2: I appreciate art. I consider food and cocktails art. (laughs) So I always try to present it to myself. And then sometimes it's like, you lazy slob. You could have done better than this. So,
1: yeah. This is an annual tradition you know, we have a good time here on the Thursday the Thursday
2: slate. Again, we're talking the three game Thursday slate. The, we're talking D, oh, go ahead. D, the Thursday slate's better than the Sunday slate. So this is a special occasion. We should all party this week. I think it is. Yeah, the the, the yeah. main slate is uh there are four games exactly. in the
1: main slate that have a total of 37 or less. Three of them at 35 and a half or less or yeah, it's 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 brutal, and I know there, are, Rich, three, you there saying, are at least
3: three games that don't exist
1: on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> they're not real. They're not real. It's like whatever that lady saw or didn't see in the back of a plane. Yeah, they're <laughs> real. Pat's Giants do
3: uh, a. I, I saw Kenny Pickett. Like that shit ain't real. Like eh, I had a game that's happening. I don't care <laughs> what may... offensive coordinator the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> have coming in. <laughs>
2: Say, Rich, Rich, no. just wait a second. If you can't get to Gardner Minshew, we may talk about Kenny Pickett. Just hold on <laughs> for a
1: second. Oh no. A couple more of those uh, apple pie drinks, and who knows oh, what we're going to get, I suppose. But uh,
2: yeah. Darius Slayton and Kenny Pickett, yeah.
1: Listen, we
3: DeVito would have got there last week. Uh, just the
2: DeVito, Darius Slayton stack man. That, that's the QB5 on the week you're talking to with the best touchdown celebration we've ever seen in our lifetime. He gets it. I hope DeVito is successful. He won't be, unfortunately. <laughs> I think the
3: lesson of always, and it ties into Thanksgiving, is never underestimate this commander's defense. You just That's never, true. never underestimate that. Yeah,
4: <laughs> I Super
3: didn't know Washington
1: Devito did this week. <laughs> I didn't know Devito had that in, in his bag. Uh, I that uh, that Shaq gift. What? Like I have to apologize. I didn't know that Devito was going to have the ability. Yeah. But like you said, he took
2: like, non-facts. Like he didn't have much in his bag, but he got it done. And he dumped it off a couple times. He got it done.
1: Yeah. Well, you play. It's the old. Uh, you know. You, you, what's the guy's name? The quarterback now for New Orleans. I'm losing his name. You play the quarterback, and you play the defense against against them. And That can work out sometimes James? as well. But yeah, there you go. Jameis, who may
2: play this week, probably not,
1: but may nah, play this week. He won't. It's yeah. not happening.
2: We got a full yeah. practice from Carr on Wednesday. So uh, given that it's after their bye, we're probably not gonna see him, which is unfortunate.
3: Yeah, and Derek Carr's one of these guys too. Like, he just like plays like if his legs like, it, like has to be cut off for like
1: him to not play, yeah. like that dude's like gonna go out there. They paid him a bunch of money too, so they really can't kick him out of the you know from throwing. Uh, playing quarterback. But, oh, do you want to mention the Listener League? Let's shout out the uh, Week 11 Listener League winner is the kid. The kid, 2103. Let us know in the comment section here and uh, on the YouTube. Let me Brock know Hardy? on Twitter. Did he play DeVito? I didn't see. I did not see what the lineup was. That's my bad. Because the,
2: the Millie, I believe, was Jordan Love and Jaden Reed. Made sense. We t- We hinted at it, but even said, <laughs> I can't swallow that pill. I've done a lot of dumb shit in my life, but I. It was naked Purdy.
3: Naked Purdy was the million winner.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's it. Yeah, naked Purdy, and then maybe it was the spy that was Jordan Love and because
3: Dean's favorite Tyreek was in the flex. So Dean always loves that the Millie maker guaranteed has a one o'clock receiver in the flex. Like we always say, it's like a, it's like a locked in rule. Uh, yeah. He played naked Purdy and Tyreek in the flex. And I think uh, what have we had 12 weeks? I think 10 millimakers have had a 1 PM receiver in the flex. That's The best
2: part about that is that Christian McCaffrey on draft teams is the same price with Brock Purdy. And he chose Tyreek Hill in the flex instead. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know what? Hey, scoreboard. Just point to that scoreboard. Uh, our contest winner did not win a million dollars. Won some American dollars. Mm-hmm. Also won a month free of RG Premium. If you guys want to win, That's by all means.
4: Million.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could use those tools theoretically. <laughs> we can assist you, mm-hmm. I su- uh, You know, take some two, props. Uh, well, Yeah, you're good, you man. Know. Get some prop bets in as well. But uh, do you want to mention the kid 2103 Hit me up on Twitter. Hit the runners account. Find us in some way. I want to get you your month of free of RG premium. All right. Uh, oh, later on, we'll be talking uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What's the name? What do they call that? What's the name of the movie? Mutant yeah. Mayhem. Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, there you go. I watched that oh, this afternoon. Oh, hour. I cannot wait to
3: hear your take, Dean.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm so ready. Uh, producer Rob, I believe, assigned that to us. And I was the winner this week, and I will be assigned to you later on. Hey, Give me- spoiler
2: alert, it's not going to be Mutant Mayhem.
1: It's going to be something <laughs> It's not
2: entirely not as fun.
1: There's, there's gonna be a sequel to that, by the way. If you guys stuck to the credits, I don't know if you oh, stuck to did. the credits or not. We okay, really yeah. I,
2: I screamed throughout the house. I was like, "You know, we got there."
1: We Spoiler got alert. Got there. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the whole time. I'm like, "Where is Shredder? He's like the one guy I know. Where's, where is this guy?" <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Dean, who Spoiler. was your favorite turtle growing up? I don't know the difference from when the, I know one's like the smartass and one's like the, the brainiac, but I don't know which well, they had to give me like. Yeah, Let's it. Let's punt it. We have a lot all to talk about. Let's punt
2: it. Yeah. a lot
1: to discuss. All right. Thanksgiving slate. We're going to talk the three main games on the Thanksgiving Day slate. The very first game we're going to be talking about is Green Bay. Green Bay at Detroit, 46 and a half as a total. Uh, we have, well, I don't know who's playing for Green Bay. We know Aaron Jones is not playing. He's got a knee. Uh, Luke Musgrave, he's he on IR. Uh, Dontavian Wicks, is, uh, he got a limited practice in, so maybe, Probably. And Reed and Watson both look like they're going to play. They did have a full practice on Wednesday. A.J. Dillon, he's got a groin. He's expected to play with it. Um, freezing. That was I, hope. Okay. Uh, he's he's it. I hope. Probably. He's probable. I hope he will play him too. <laughs> hope
3: he's got a groin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has a groin injury, and uh, he's he's probable expected to play. And, you know, the backfield should be hez there versus Detroit. But, all right, John, I'll throw this to you. Green Bay, Detroit, Detroit favorite here at home. Uh, always starting off the tradition of Thanksgiving, 1230. Uh, How much do we like the Lions? Uh, Green base, theoretically, there's some value there, some run back. And then we're in a dome, so we should like some of these pieces for value. Uh, You know, start wherever you want to start. It's Thanksgiving.
2: I want to start everywhere. This game is a lot of fun, honestly, because, yes, the Lions are favored by two scores, essentially, seven and a half in most books. So that would lead people to likely play a lot of Jameer Gibbs. And people want to play a lot of Jameer Gibbs anyhow. But the fun thing about Thanksgiving (laughs) slates are that – everyone's on the board. Like even the chalk pieces we'll talk about as we discuss these games may not be chalky enough here. Uh, And that includes like CD lamb over a Monroe state Brown. We'll get there eventually, but I'll start with the Jordan love side because I think a lot of people think Jordan love is too thin in this spot. I'm not sure though. And we've talked about this constantly throughout the season, how we're still questioning the lions defense and maybe Jordan love is not the guy to get us there. Although, at least last week, proved against the Chargers that he's viable enough to get there in soft spots. And now we've seen Geno Smith, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert all throw for over 300 yards and multiple touchdowns. Justin Fields completed 70% of his passes and ran for over 100 yards. And now at least in their last five games since the bye, albeit against a softer schedule, Jordan Love is top 10 in completion rate and yards per attempt under pressure, 8.8 yards per attempt. That's important because the Lions, although they're really not Threatening, you know, even below-average quarterbacks on defense, they are still creating pressure. And so Jordan Love is even, like, somewhat better in this spot. Indoors, I really think he can get there at his cheap price. Uh, it's a slate – it's a fun slate, first of all. I should have stepped back because not only do we have elite options to perhaps pivot from or that, as I mentioned, are not chalky enough, all the injuries we're concerned about happen in the last game. And so it's a terrific late swap game uh, slate as well. And in Thanksgiving, everyone's having fun. Everyone's fat and happy. No one's late swapping. It's still like the ultimate edge, even in a three-game slate. So I overall, I love it. But I don't think Jordan Love is too thin in this game because I think it goes over. I think the Packers will have no choice but to throw the ball quite a bit in the second half. And oddly enough, I don't know why. I can't explain it. But Jordan Love has been Josh Allen, basically, in the second half. And the first half, (laughs) if you look at the advanced metrics – He's literally an EPA for play. Only Kenny Pickett has been worse than him in the first half. And the second half, only Josh Allen has been better in games. It makes zero sense unless you try to tie, like, logically love breaking out from Matt LaFleur's game script and just creating stuff on his own. I don't know. But either way, I think they'll have enough negative game script here for love to get there, honestly, in double stacks. All
1: right, Rich. Uh, let's just step back for a second, Rich. We're going to power rank the quarterbacks, right, in these six games. Goff. Howell, Prescott, Purdy. So many good ones. Uh, mm-hmm. is expected to play per Jordan Schultz. Uh, that's Bleacher Report. Mm-hmm. That was his report. So I'm assuming Gino's going to play in the night game. Also, Kenneth Walker will get there, doubtful, uh, with that oblique. You were talking about the possibility of late swapping. It looks – I think we are actually projecting Charbonnet to just, you know, he's going to pop. Uh, not officially out, but Walker looks like he's not going to play. But, Richard, you are going to power rank these six quarterbacks as far as the most likely to roster on your lineup. Where do you have Love? Because I think he's probably no higher than four. I don't know. I mean, we're talking tournament stuff here, obviously. Not, you wouldn't play Love in cash. No. I mean, I would say five, but I still want
3: to play him. It's just by default of the other guys. But Love is not bottomed out. He's only bottomed out in one game. I know Daigle and uh, his his coworker, John Paulson, have like this. Like I, I don't even think it's a bit. It's just like this ongoing feud now with Jordan Love. <laughs> Uh, but like <laughs> I didn't like know you he,
2: okay yeah
3: even even though love is has like not been like great he isn't a high ceiling outside of like two weeks last week was the first time he had more than 20 points in a game since week three but he's not bottoming out so like on a slate like this like that is fine like just like if he comes in and gets you 15 points like what he gives you access to could yeah. mean a lot on a slate like this and that's what I think is more, most appealing about him is that cool. he has had a relatively high floor and he's not bottoming out and that's what makes him, I think the most playable. And then if you do run hot, like you have the upside, but the fact that his median has been so strong all year and Sam Howell's like that on the slate too. Like, it's not an objectively great spot for Sam Howell, but outside of the Giants games for some reason like but even he got there last week with the rushing question but like Sam Howell's in the same boat like he's not bottoming out and that's what makes these guys and it makes the slate so fun is that even these quarterbacks that are in like kind of terrible spots as road dogs of seven or more points against these teams that get pressure after the quarterbacks like these guys are still consistently getting there with the floor of points and that matters on this honestly like this because if it can get you access to uh the difference between like uh uh, a Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery to go to a Christian McCaffrey or to go from uh, a mid-wide receiver time on Ross St. Brown like those are
2: things that can make a, a difference on a site like this and that was Sam Howe with 45 pass attempts and still didn't get there it's like oh I don't know if people realize he still had the volume in that game and how often are the commanders going to turn the ball over six freaking times so uh trust me like I've, I've looked at Sam Howe too that's kind of what the the landscape I'm looking at right now, it's like, oh, the games where everyone's playing the opposite quarterbacks, I bet I can pivot that for the salary savings and still get to the elite options in these games. No, I
3: mean, Sam Howell had 17 fantasy points last week, though, due to the abject nightmare. Like, one of the worst games yeah. you've seen a quarterback play last week. Yeah. I mean, the pick, the pick <laughs> six he threw last week was the, like one Dang. of the most egregious plays I've ever seen. Like, a I quarterback the, to Simmons. And like, but he had 17 fantasy points. Like, and that's what you get out of guys like Love and Howell that make this slate unique. It's not like the years past where we had like a uh, an Andy Dalton or like a David Blau, right? Like we've got guys that legitimately have like usable floors and we're not going to bottom out. And like, God bless that the Lions are good now on Thanksgiving.
1: It's also kind of a bet against like Prescott having a, a big ceiling game, right? So if just no having, quarterback, yeah. yeah, if he just says okay, and Purdy and in the
3: same boat against the Seahawks, who have like a actually formidable defense. Like if Purdy just doesn't have that twenty-five point game,
1: yeah, then, then you're fine. And especially you have the edge if uh, if Prescott doesn't do his thing. He has been. We'll talk about him sure in a second. But uh, John, you were talking about double double stacking love. Uh, Watson once again. I can't. I can't. He got a touchdown and he still didn't get there. I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this guy. I want to be the I say that. I'm probably going to play some. Uh, Reed looks like probably the best of his options, right? We'll see. I don't know what a Tucker Craft is, but he's two point five k. I did just what is a Tucker Craft? You know what it is. He's forty
3: three hundred on Fanduel too, so he's going to end up being pretty popular.
2: <laughs> Tucker Craft wins the award for the Jesper Horstead Thanksgiving Memorial Trophy. Yeah, we always <laughs> we always have to have a Tucker Craft in here somewhere. And we he was to, a
3: good uh, prospect, though. I will defend yeah. at least Tucker
2: Craft. The pro- like is like he was he was a good prospect. I don't. I don't mean to sound like Silva, but Greg Cosell did comp him to Dallas Goddard, <laughs> and, and Tucker Craft set the South Dakota record for power clean at six five two forty eight. Like he is a freak athlete.
3: So Deanie he, he was a high school running back, and uh, if you saw that catch he had last week, the thirty two yard catch where he, they ruled him out of bounds, but you like he's an athletic. He's really athletic. He's yeah. like. 86 percentile athletic score in my prospect uh, model uh like he's he's he was a good prospect he, like he just went to a team that took a tight end first ahead of him like you, you hate you hate to see this shit when it happens but he's got a
2: third round yeah yeah the bigger uh, thing is I, I don't think people know to, it josiah Naguara is not going to play right rich
3: I mean, he's, like, not a real tight end, though. He's, like, an H-back, so. I know,
2: but it, it, if they're down to only Ben Sims and Tucker Kraft, like, it's going to go to Tucker Kraft. That's oh, the, he's going to play. Point. Like so
3: Tucker, Tucker Kraft's at least going to be on the field. Like, he's going to be yeah. on the field. <laughs> it's like, I can tell at you. Stone
2: Stoneman. Yeah. Now, to Man. be
3: fair, Luke, when these teams played early in the year, Luke Musgrave got a concussion, 14 snaps in the game, and then Tucker Kraft only caught two passes for five yards. But we're going to ignore that, and he's going to be
1: on the field. <laughs> Three games late. He's ahead of Ben Sims, whatever a Ben Sims is, right? Is that what is that,
2: is that fair to say? People love the Ben Sims. They're gonna. It's gonna leave Zach Prescott on slots. No one likes
3: Ben Sims. That's uh, the that first time bad, I heard his name. That up. was
2: a bad Sims joke, by the way. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> that was terrible. That was so, a bad uh, Sims
4: joke.
1: Player profiler, for what it's worth, uh, talking about the metrics there for Tucker Craft, uh, middle of the third round. Logan Thomas is his comp. And I guess we'll yeah. talk about. Lo- You're getting Logan Thomas for 1.5, well, uh, 1K cheaper right. on We're the same.
3: A younger Thomas. version, a younger model.
2: <laughs> uh years.
3: dylan do i like dylan love kind of by himself though because he's got like that like how he, he can run he can do weird things like i am necessarily think you i don't because like dean said like i think even if one of these guys the hackers has a touchdown i don't know if it's enough
2: yeah but i still um, i still man i look at the ownership it's only well i can't say it's only wednesday this week it's all uh, on Wednesday it actually matters for Thursday, <laughs> but like, dude, I think Christian Watson is gonna be twenty uh, to thirty percent roster. People just want to play Christian Watson. Well, well just,
3: they want to cash in for like if it happens, right? Like yeah, this and is I don't
2: three now. I don't Four, blame three. them, but dude, Jordan Reed is like the most amazing pivot because at least you can get there with carries too. There's so many ways Jordan Reed can get there in this slate. So I feel like I, do I would want love to play Jordan
3: Reed on this slate, but he's not. Oh um... God
2: damn. Jaden Reed! I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, want to, I want to play Jaden Reed and Jordan Reed if he's playing for the 49ers in this slate, and then go from there.
1: Uh, your, your double stack, yeah. It's uh, Watson. By the way, I did run some optimals. I know you guys like when I run optimals. We do. Uh, put put did some variants yeah. and all that. He is the second most popular uh, receiver hitting the the DK stuff. Uh, it's Lamb. Watson, Amad Ra, and Jaden Reed. So, really good, meh, really good, meh. That's the first four as far as the receivers. Uh, so, you know, Lamb is the big spend up. Uh, Watson comes in ahead of uh, Amad Ra. But uh, you got to play you know,
2: Tucker Craft in that, right? To fit. Oh, no, you fade Christian McCaffrey.
1: I want to see if Tucker Craft hit any of uh, the optimals that range.
3: Well, he probably, the projection probably is not set for him, right? Nope, he had thirty five percent of them. <laughs> That's what I said. If they, if they put projections in for him, he probably hits. Because if Pat Fryermuth was popping in optimals last week, just for the fact he's alive,
1: I assume Tucker McCraft is. <laughs> you, you were right, by the way, in our in our Fryermuth conversation. I whatever I said, I race. Hey, Josh, Josh Jacobs too, by the way. Uh, yeah, I don't. Was I touting Jacobs? I do I was just saying
2: that he was. No, we here. were just pushing yeah, yeah. back
1: on that optimal that
2: I got to. I got the Tommy Turnbull Stone Man instead. He scored a touchdown. Doesn't matter though, because Dag didn't get there. So who cares? Oh, man. Um, How do we feel
1: about uh, Dylan? Assuming his groin is good to go um, as a cheap running back. We have Chardonnay. You know, I think Chardonnay looks better. He's a little bit cheaper and, you know, looks more trustworthy. But if it becomes an ownership thing, I guess you can run them both out there. But Rich, feel free. uh, And I don't think you talked about the Lions. Feel free to talk about the Lions as well. uh, This game and then Dylan is a cheap running back. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a, a passing script for the Packers for a number of reasons. I mean, seven-point road dogs, obviously a signal they have no healthy running backs, including A.J. Dillon. Like, the guy playing is not healthy. So, like, I mean, they, when these teams played earlier in the year, two, they only had 10 rushing attempts by the running backs. Uh, I think it's very similar type of script. I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of throwing, a lot of pass to the Packers. They've actually transitioned to... They've gone to a lot more shorter passing game, uh, you know, since the Denver game on, they've like, you know, brought in a lot of the, like the shorter stuff. So I think they're going to throw a lot. I think Jordan loves completions, uh, a sound prop bet, which if you can stomach that uh, is going to happen, it's going to happen in this one. But Lions, I think dealer's choice here, right? Like I think you're going to see the running backs be popular because of the game script, because those are kind of like the fun guys to play. I think golf might go a little overlooked on this slate. Uh, I mean, because uh, you know, there's not people aren't anticipating like a huge ceiling, but he's been a very volatile quarterback. He's either had real spike weeks or kind of really kind of mid weeks And I like playing kind of for the upside of him in this spot. I mean, the, the 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 Packers run a ton of cover three, third most in the league. Uh they ran cover three 47% of snaps when these teams ran played in week four. Goff is the most passing touchdowns against cover three, fourth and yards for pass attempt. Uh, I think there's a shot here if you can just kind of go against the grain because the running back is going to be a lot more popular for the Lions uh, than the passing side outside of Amon Ra that, you know, Goff, I think, presents a really interesting, like, leverage pivot on the
1: slate in his own right in the early side. By the way, I just pulled it up. I'm seeing 19 and a half completions. Uh, Some places 20 and a half, depending on where you're shopping. Nineteen and a half minus one twenty. You like the over on that, Rich?
3: I do. I, I, I got him projected. I'm no Derek Cardi, but uh, for 23 completions.
1: <laughs> hey, don't slight yourself like that.
2: I'll I'll pull up and see what Cardi has. I'm oh, hey,
3: Listen, I'm still no Cardi though. Yeah. Well, we,
2: <laughs> the, you're your own man. <laughs> the 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 injuries that the Packers are dealing with too are in their secondary. Like that's where you would tack them between Rudy Ford and Jair Alexander. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they, you know, when these teams played earlier in the year. They had Jair. They had Rasul Douglas still on the team.
3: Uh, you know, Rudy Ford's going to be out. I think there's still an opportunity here, especially indoors for kind of golf. You know, if, if the touchdowns go through the passing side, because because Monty and, and Gibbs are going to be pretty popular where they're priced because you can, because everyone wants to get the Sedarian. Like Sedarian's the one guy everyone wants.
1: All right. Um, anything else that's worth saying here as far as Green Bay and Detroit? Oh, Your yeah. favorite? Um, yo, oh, go ahead.
2: Go ahead. Oh, I mean, we didn't even talk about Jamison Williams. And like I, I'm someone who would typically fade someone like that at if he was over rostered. I don't know what Reeves Cardi has him at, but dude, I, I really think <laughs> I genuinely think it's going to come down to Jameson and Curtis Samuel. And and really I see him right now, Dean, at 10%. Is that correct? Jamison versus Samuel? Yeah, I, I think I think Jameson Williams is only going to be rostered in seven to ten percent of lineups.
1: Let me see. I mean, and, and obviously feel like, there's a fertility like that's, to us, a, but...
2: that's a cheapie here that you have to take seriously because this isn't a slate, in my opinion, where we can get away with Jake Bobo and Kamate Turban. In past years, yes, you are correct. Uh last year, I believe, even we 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 had a discussion where I was trying to argue Mac Jones over Josh Allen. Mac Jones got there the year prior. We were talking about Devin Singletary late swap on Sunday night against the Saints and Matt Breida got us there and Josh Allen onslaughts in the end. But this is a slate because even the cheap options are actually elite player, not elite players, but they're on the field for an elite amount of usage. And so honestly, if James is going to come in like kind of somewhat forgotten about because everyone else wants to play cute little plays around him. Jameson of course is an awesome play because there's two games out of the buy. He's now set back to back season highs and route percentage uh that's how he was on the field more for 64 percent of routes and spiked that 42 yard touchdown so I'm very interested in Jameson if no one's gonna if everyone's gonna kind of forget about him
1: uh seven percent for Curtis Samuel uh Jameson around 10 11 percent and I still think 11 Derrick-
2: I still think it's it's too little I think it should be higher roster he'll
3: be higher on FanDuel because of his what he represents so just sure. play touchdown meeting a lot more on FanDuel than the reception driven scoring of DraftKings yeah. To, man, to be clear,
1: he, this is DK. I'm drawing out DK. I, I did not have the fan. And he's,
3: five, three, he's three. four on DK and five, three on FanDuel.
2: But how often, and I listen to so many shows. I respect so many people and I, I like covering my blind spots around the industry. And I feel like we're one of the few shows who, who obviously like say audibly, how many times can this player beat you and yeah. run, run the Ben Sims for Jameson Williams and Curtis Samuel over the next like <laughs> eight weeks, a hundred times. How many times can Curtis Samuel actually beat you compared to Jamison Williams' salary? So I feel like in a three-game slate, ten to twelve percent—that's that's too low. It's too low. Didn't
1: Curtis Samuel like slug somebody last week and get get, get kicked out of the game? Yeah. That yeah. was it, right?
2: And Jahan Dotson didn't have a target until Curtis Samuel got ejected. Then that happened. But I shouldn't say that because I want people to chase Jahan Dotson. So
1: he's a good teammate. He was sticking up for. I think Howell got like concussed or something. Uh, it was sticking up for his teammate. By the way, Jordan Love uh passing completions, according to Derek Cardi, the Blitz. And uh, the projection is 22.4. So that would be over as well. So you guys, you know, you guys are uh, in alignment there, Rich. You have a tick higher, but you're both over the number.
3: My man, Cardi. I love to see it. <laughs> we're good. We're, we're starting off the day right. When we, I can't, <laughs> can't wait for him to have 19 completions. I bet it already, though, myself. So I, I, I just know that if you took it, I already bet it. So I lost money with Eight. you.
2: You know, the the DFS is hot because everything, all the data's unveiled this second half of the season, but the props are even hotter because everything kind of becomes more clear. Like, you know which coordinators don't change their gimmicks no matter who they play or vice versa, so the props are hot.
3: Dude, my buddy got me hooked on this. We were watching last Thursday the... Ravens, Bengals. We, we went and hung out because like, we thought we thought it was going to be one of the best Thursday games. Like go out yeah. and do something. obviously it wasn't. It was just disaster. But he got me on the the live betting like stuff to happen on the following drive. Oh, no. what, a, oh, what a what a oh, rabbit oh, hole. No. What a <laughs> scary ass <laughs> rabbit hole this is. Yeah. Like oh my goodness. But like was it fun? Uh, yes, amazingly, amazingly. now, now you, you do?
2: Know, now you uh, know why. Now you know why everyone has to mention 1 800 gambling after yes. their promo. Because that's why. Yeah.
3: Can't wait to just ignore my family the entire Thanksgiving. Just to try to get I'm like, wait, I got, I need to see what David Montgomery's
1: rushing yard prop is for the next drive. I, I have not been sucked in on that just yet, but I did live bet the Charlotte Hornets tonight at plus 400. They beat the Wizards because of course they beat the Wizards. So we're happy about that. One. I, I would tell you,
3: live betting is literally like one of the the few edges remaining if you're betting lines and totals. Uh, if you're just like out there, like, listen, man, if you're Rufus Peabody and you're out here crushing, like, God bless you. I'm not him. But like, it's hard to beat full game lines and full game totals and be like profitable. Like live betting is kind of where it's yeah. at
2: college yeah. football is still pretty soft uh Rufus set the lines on golf nfl is still good luck making any amount of money if you're betting size and totals like i've been betting of
3: like, first half totals and
2: that's where like i've been yeah. like yeah that's how uh haralba made his tens of billions of dollars was all first and second halves
3: yeah but so i mean whole game lines great. are like where it's like traditional so because this is stuff that wasn't i didn't have access to because i in ohio i had to go through a bookie i had a, a bookie like we didn't have access to all this fun shit i couldn't call my bookie and say hey man what is odell beckham's yards the next drive like <laughs> that's that it exists man but uh now that you have access to that stuff that's where the fun is it's third and ten i, I predict the pass for seven yards can i get money quick, but quick, not six, like to six, that five. degree but like you can get like live stuff for like remaining quarter like props like you like like, you know, like if you, you can have a guy that like Lamar Jackson already has like 57 passing yards, and like in the first quarter, his line is like 70 and a half. And you're, you can look by the time on the clock and say like, all right, well, if they're, they're going to have another possession. If he has 15 more passing yards, he's going to hit that like stuff like that. Right. Like that's where you're looking
1: at. Speaking of. Me, go,
2: ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead, Dean.
1: I was just going to say, my for whatever reason, my cable company, this is like small problems. I'm always like one play behind. Like I see the if I'm watching this stuff like on the Yahoo Stat, the Yahoo Stat Tracker it's already telling me what happens like one or two plays in advance. I have the world's worst, worst cable. I don't know why, but, uh, so like I don't know how that would work with live betting. Like, I think it's fiber, t- man. What's that? The, 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 you got the fiber down there in Florida? Xfinity, I, it might be fiber. It, might, it probably is not fiber. I'm like, we gotta get it up. Get, get the get the fiber uh, Listen,
3: no, we gotta get Dan Bach uh to, to set, like, can we get some fiber put down at theanes? Uh, <laughs>
2: he's got he was, can pull some
1: strings at Xfinity for sure. I was gonna
2: mention Dan because I didn't I didn't want to start the rally for the Super Bowl again just yet, but I was going to say if it happened again, if we're fortunate. And if we're, I don't get food poisoning, we're all while actually watching the game together. Dude, oh yeah, like if it's the Chiefs and Eagles again, the Chiefs are going to run over the Eagles. Like the Chiefs should have won that game by 14 points, and I'm still pissed off because yes, I had a lot of money on the Chiefs in that game, but dude, like the amount of errors that stacked up, like the Commanders, it's just not going to happen again. No way.
1: I hope you didn't tweet at MBS. You weren't that angry, I imagine. I'm sure some people nah, got nah, some nah, bad nah. tweets. I mean, like I, I feel be that bad. MVS and quentin johnston man like i know like i
3: feel bad like when stuff like that happens man like it's you you just feel terrible like i feel bad because i told like i thought for literally two days in my sunday chat i told someone i would rather play sam Laporta instead of jalen warren last week and i thought about that for the next 36 hours they're like yeah that dude's never gonna like come to my shit again because (laughs) like (laughs) but like i and, and like so i failed on like that one person but like imagine like being on that stage like having that happen to you like I like to poke fun at MBS for like the, the, the route participation stuff and the cardio, but like, I feel like when a guy like fails on that big of a stage, to that degree, man, like you feel bad for these guys. Like it, it sucks. That's, Cause you know, like they got dragged, man. That's
2: part I'm of, sure. that's kind of why, like, I, I do answer all start sits, but I'm very hesitant. And it's not because I don't want people asking me. It's because like, I don't want to let you down. Like it literally eats me alive by let you down. Because I know how important that is to you. Like a lot of, like Rich and I have 40 plus leagues. A lot of people have one league and they're in their one text group, shit talking their friends. And it's very important they live out that league. And I just, I want to help out the best I can, but it's a lot of pressure, honestly. Like Jalen Ward or Devin Singletary without Damian Pierce is a lot of pressure, man. And I, I need a full week to think about it.
1: <laughs> I just need a coin. That's all I need. <laughs> I got the answer for you in two seconds. The Magic Eight Ball, the Gray Sports Almanac. Actually, you know what? It's funny enough. It just happens to be. Look at this. We got Gray Sports Almanac right here. Look at that. There you go. Oh, you're just, you remember, there you go. You're magic, too. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the Almanac, I imagine, I suppose. Yeah. Shout out to Back to the Future Part 2. Hey, we're 35 minutes into the show. We're only one game down. Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, if we can get producer Steve to uh, on on the YouTube or like wherever it's out there, you know, like a timestamp when we actually start the main slate. So when people want to listen to us, uh, you know, on a Friday and they don't want to hear all this nonsense as far as games already happen, makes sense. Producer Steve, you can hook us up with a timestamp. Let us know when. Let the people know when they can hit the fast forward to and start the pod. Yeah, do some Uh, work, Steve. He keeps us on the air. He does plenty. You <laughs> <We> don't want to. <laughs> he can cut us off any second. Uh, Green Bay, Detroit. Favorite play. Just give me your favorite play in this game. John first.
2: Jaden Reed or Jordan Love. I think Jordan Love is a little more live than other people. But either way, there are two receivers that I'm going to be overweight on. One is Jaden Reed. We'll talk about the other one in a bit.
3: Rich. I mean, my, my favorite play is the Sun God, uh, objectively uh sun god for sure uh i will say like my favorite fun play is probably jameson williams which i think default would be jared goff double sticks
1: yeah i suppose um i mean you could triple it if you want to throw like in gibbs i think i think that's completely nuts on a three game but i do think Goff is like the one guy that has like a truly high
3: ceiling because i think howell and love are more guys and i'm not saying you can't play them because i actually think if they have 15 to 17 points it's really good that's like my whole thesis of playing that. But I do think Goff, Goff's ceiling is still comparable to the other guys.
2: I I also want to leave open the possibility for everyone of double Lions running back. I think both Gibbs and Montgomery can get there. Uh, Montgomery's checking in around 20 to 30% less roster than Gibbs. Everyone wants to play Gibbs anyways. I get it. But given the game script, given the goal line role, we think Montgomery will eventually dominate. I, I think... Maybe both of them can get there in this one, and no one's going to play it that way. Jordan Love, two lines running backs. All right.
1: Washington, Dallas, 48-and-a-half is the total. Dallas is a mega favorite here, 12-point favorite. Uh, they 30-and-a-half team total. But if anything is, not- is
3: thought of on Thanksgiving, is that the Cowboys could fuck something up.
1: Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you but
2: know, there there are a lot like- of these games where the Cowboys played a lot closer yeah. games than they Didn't- should have. Did, didn't we all win, wasn't it, uh, Deshaun Jackson last yeah, year? Yeah,
3: that was two years ago they played the Raiders and wow. lost. Uh, we were Deshaun on this Jackson show game. talking
1: about that, yeah. So uh, Prescott is going to be the most popular quarterback. I think he's your cash game quarterback. I am playing a little bit in the cash streets on DK because interesting. Interesting. I think
2: – Thanksgiving I think cash, cash what is cash that like? Games. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've heard a lot more people playing cash this year. Maybe it's because tournaments got harder, but, Dean, like that's kind of what scares me about that because – I think a lot more people play cash now, and I'm actually really worried.
1: I just think there's, there's going to be a lot of donkeys playing cash. You know, just like people at home with their family and bored just signing up for stuff and, like, why not? They want to do something past the time. So I think it's going to be a little softer is a sort of my, my guess, my thought. But I don't know if that's true or not. Like, we'll a see. Top, top, top what, a, what a hooligan. Hey, you know what? What a bully. Somebody's got to win. Just an absolute bully. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, so how much are we prioritizing this Dallas offense, Rich? Yeah, yeah, make I mean, it's dude, a total 30 and a half. Did you guys play.
3: watch Tommy DeVito have 25 fantasy points <laughs> against the <laughs> commanders? I mean, yeah. We 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 this show we have been talking about it literally the entire season, whether it be Tyrod Taylor. Unfortunately, the one guy that didn't get there was Mac Jones, but he's literally the only guy. I mean, Almost. my my favorite commander stat is literally since week one, every quarterback they have faced, including Mac Jones, has scored <laughs> more fantasy points than they have averaged entering that game against Hell, the yeah. commanders. Uh, every one of those guys has been a top 10 quarterback outside of Mac Jones. That includes Tyrod Taylor, includes Desmond Ritter. It includes Tommy DeVito. I mean, dude, this, this defense is so absolutely atrocious. It is And the Cowboys are out here winging the ball around and everybody like, oh man, like they're going to they're gonna shred these guys.
1: Yeah, they should. Um, but, you know, Lamb obviously is going to be popular. Uh, cooks and Gallup are both pretty cheap. I think I would want to get the Cooks a little bit more. Uh, I trust him more so. Ferguson is hitting some optimals as well. I think he was the most popular tight end of the stuff I was running. Not a great tight end slate. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm on the main slate. Let me jump back and forth. I have several things open right now, but uh, let's see. Yeah, Ferguson's the most popular tight end by a fair bit, actually. And he's like no really? sure thing. Yeah, he's a... Uh, Ferguson, Kraft, Logan Thomas, Kittle, and... You know, Laporta is not hitting a lot of optimals, and I think I would force I know, that.
2: Yeah. That's why when Reeves says Jared Goff, so again, we talked about how you don't have to get cute with the slate, but the way you intelligently play it is taking the good plays, even if they're chalky, someone like Amon Ross St. Brown, but if you tack on the other plays to make it contrarian and unique, like Jared Goff and Jameson, or even Sam Laporta and Jared Goff. That makes Chalky Amon Raw unique. And that's the way you play this slate across all the good offenses.
1: Yeah. Uh Rich, how much Dallas is too much Dallas? I mean, there's there is no
3: such thing on a slate like this because you could 100. if you like lock, you could lock button someone if you want on a slate like this, right? Like you can hundred percent a player if you're that confident in in you know in a player uh in this spot, like and be advantageous if you hit. Uh, so I don't think that there is necessarily a limit, right? Like if, if, if Dak's the nuts, it's about how you stack him. Right. If, if you, if you're, if Dak is the quarterback you have to have, it's about what you build with Dak. Is it, is it Dak and CD is not going to be enough though. Like that stack is going to be what everyone has with <laughs> Dak Prescott. <laughs> Literally everyone's going to have the same stack. So do you add Brandon cooks? Do you not play CD lamb? Do you just add like these other guys? I mean, here's the thing about Dallas. They have, are they look at the look at who has two touchdowns for them this year. They've won two. Like they have like fourteen players that have a touchdown this year. Like just but, but, but Hunter Loopke has a touchdown. Luke Schoonmaker, <laughs> Jalen Tolbert, Darla, Deron Bland. Cavante Turpin, Cavante Turpin has three touchdowns. Like yeah. these guys, like a lot of guys, score touchdowns for the Cowboys. Like it's not concentrated by any means. So like you could do a lot of creative things. It's like I'm I just promise you, like if you just think I'm gonna play Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb and, and win my tournament, like that's not the way it's gonna go down.
2: And I don't think you need to maybe maybe you do need a dumpster dive. I'm not even sure because the Cowboys are also doing these weird. I think mean, Brandon things. Cooks
3: is the dude, right? Like that's who I would choose. Just oh, that's because, number yeah. two,
2: Reeves. That's number two. I, I said I, I'm gonna be overweight well, on two receivers. It's Jaden Reed and Brandon Cooks. Go ahead. The because here. of where we need the, the most of them.
3: Because of where we want to consistently attack Washington, right? Like, we want to attack Washington with guys that can get vertical targets and outside the numbers, right? They, they've allowed a league-high nine touchdowns to wide receivers and throws 20 or more air yards. They are allowing the highest yards per target to outside wide receivers, the 30th and touchdown rate. And Cooks is the one guy that's constantly on the field versus where Gallup and Tolbert are doing this thing where they're rotating. And so like you gotta get the one play out of those guys. And you can get the one play out of those guys. But Cooks is consistently on the field for eighty percent plus of the team dropbacks. So maybe there's a chance like you have trickle down from him. And just from a playing time perspective, he's the guy that lines up the matchup. So he would be the guy I would kind of like focus on. Who
1: wants the uh who wants to handle Tony Pollard? you know, we gotta talk about it. <laughs> who wants the Tony Pollard ball? I, I'm, throw it, I, I'm throwing it out there. Sure. Uh, I, mean, I mean, dude, Saquon Rico, just got there.
2: Yeah, Saquon did get there. But I think Tony Pollard is going to be over 40%. And so I, I just think you have to play him uniquely. If that's Tony Pollard, Brandon Cooks, and Dallas defense, that's okay. I just don't think you can go in only with Tony Pollard or Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb or Pollard and Dak Prescott. That's my only argument here.
3: And I still feel it's like always the optimal so.
2: I still feel like optimals
3: though are all have been higher for about three weeks running on Pollard's actual ownership. When we come check in,
2: I mean, when he we was put 20, the, when, he when was we flipped the cards last over. week.
3: When we always flip the cards over, he's always yeah. like he, he always sounds better in theory. And people are like, "I did that three times. without doing it again."
2: He was be, he was percent uh, roster last week. That's to be fair
3: to Pollard saying. for for like at least three weeks running. He's actually looked the part. Like he's looked fine. Sure. Like he's he's looked good the last three weeks. run was good. And and honestly, for the, like he, a lot of his peripherals, look the exact same of a lot of a lot of a lot of running backs that just have like a are getting a lot more PR than him. That like like I've I've talked for weeks in the worksheet like on a per on a metric basis, he looks exactly like Travis Etienne except for one guy has touchdowns and one doesn't. Like mm-hmm. and but like you know Travis Etienne, everyone always says if we redrafted today, he'd be the RB two. And I'm like, it's, he has the same profile. He just has touchdowns. Like, it's yeah. the same thing. Jonathan Taylor looks the exact same. Like, these are all guys that no one's like – because they haven't been scorned, right? Like, they didn't take him in the second round. They haven't played him, like, four weeks of the DFS in the season where he didn't get there. Like, they're scorned. But he clearly is the, the leverage play, though.
1: Washington runbacks. Uh, Robinson looks like – well, we might get Gibson back, right? We're not sure as far as Gibson. It they looks play. like he's going to play. Yeah. Um, I guess you know. Okay, uh, McLaurin, Dotson. You can get Logan Thomas. A you know one. Th- it's a one thousand dollar more like version of Tucker Craft. I don't know if you want that necessarily, but uh yeah. Washington Runbacks, favorite running back for uh, for Washington. John, who do you got?
2: Yeah, it's one thousand dollar more Tucker Craft. Unfortunately, because the Cowboys are top ten in every metric allowed to opposing tight ends, and it just makes sense given their best players like on the perimeter and over the middle. But Logan, I mean, in terms of yards per catch, receiving yards per game, fantasy points per game as well, Cowboys, again, all top 10. So Logan Thomas, for me, is someone I'm definitely confident in. I, I'm a little bit torn on the slate as a whole at Logan Thomas' position because, as you mentioned, you said it's ugly. I don't think it's ugly because I think Sam Laporta and George and George Kittle are going to be under-rostered. And those are guys who literally break the slate yes.
4: regardless
2: of regardless of their matchup. Like I'm aware, we'll get there, but I'm aware of George Kittle's like target share. But it doesn't matter what he literally has proven. He can break the slate, whether we're wrong on our analysis of him or not. And so it just kind of, to me, it seems like a person I want to chase anyways. Am I going to go double tight in on DraftKings or FanDuel? honestly? I'm not sure yet. I'm still playing around with him, but I'm very much open to it on this three-game slate. No, nope, you're muted, team.
4: Muted. All
2: right, I thought ah, I was slow. Good. Okay. Bad job by me. I thought I thought I'm, I thought I'm broke. Never mind. I
1: was I was praising you, John, because I love that call. I love uh, paying up for Laporta. We'll get the Kittle, but paying up for for Kittle. I think that's two of the best ways to uh, yeah. be a little yeah. different. I guess get get different builds. At least get away Because everyone
3: wants score. to pay down and say, like, all right, well, if the tight ends just fail, right? Like if Laporta and Kittle fail, then we're all in the same boat, right? It's yeah. And then I save salary and I got to Amon oh, Ra, I got to an extra good receiver, um, versus having to pay up a tight end, or you've got a better running back. So like that's kind of what the like you see people do. And that's been like the DFS meta for a while, right? Especially on DraftKings where people are just like, let me find the cheapest tight end getting targets. And that's literally how people have been playing DraftKings like three years running at tight end. Which was your favorite,
2: Washington? Oh, go ahead. I I kind of view the George Kittle-Sam Laporta stance too as if they beat Brian Robinson and Zach Charbonnet, then you win. Because that's kind of what everyone's trying to (laughs) flex is that one running back position. So that's all you need here. And of course they can. They've already shown they can any given week.
1: Favorite run back for you, uh, Rich, as far as uh, this Washington side? You don't have to, obviously. You don't have to run it back. But if you were to pick one, who would it be? Right. I, mean, I think there's
3: lots of options. I mean, Diggle met a, met mentioned Curtis Samuel. I mean, he's going to avoid, like, a lot of where the Dallas defense is good. I mean, you don't want to attack Dallas. Like, a lot of these teams, like, we're going to talk about Seattle, right? Like, the Jets. Like, what did the Bills do against the Jets last week? Like, the way to beat these teams that have these great perimeter corners and, like, they're good on the outside is, like, you throw over the middle of the field, the tight ends and running backs – and so, like, a guy like Curtis Samuel could get there. I still think Brian Robinson is interesting. I mean, we'll—I don't often look at, like, projected ownership. Because, like, he feels like a guy like no one ever wants to play. But, geez, this dude just keeps getting there. Like, this, yeah. this dude is, like, he scores a touchdown almost every week. Like, he's been involved in the passing game, even with Antonio Gibson, like, playing. Um, I mean, we've seen Dallas a little bit, like, start to get run. I mean, in that game against the Panthers, like, the Panthers were ripping some runs on them. So, like i don't know i mean he could be interesting too as well um i I mean all those guys i mean the the thing about the the commanders is they just throw the ball so much i mean they're number one in the nfl drop back rate, pass rate over expectation with the cowboys too now up there like there could just be a ton of passing volume in this game sam howell has he's the first quarterback in washington history to throw the ball 40 or more times in five straight games (laughs) he's probably going to do that again um uh sam Howell prop too uh i like his rushing yards over uh oh, yeah, this, 14 and a half i got me uh, becoming Silva. you're the one who's yeah. becoming yeah. Silva, right now keep throwing out uh, the props, props man.
1: i love it yeah, I'm yeah, right props down. Props like. <laughs> what's the number do you know what the number <laughs> do you, uh, go, do it you get it, 14 it? and a
3: half 14 and a half is what i bet it
1: okay i bet it's changed let's see if it has or has it we'll take a peek in a second
3: i don't move lines dean <laughs> <Not a
1: whale. laughs> you move the needle for sure uh, my only issue with the Washington receivers, and I'm sure, you know, they just – It's they, all spread out. Yeah, there's like 19 different receivers. Like, I didn't know By- Byron Pringle was still in the league. And, like, Diami Brown, I thought this guy busted out three years ago. But, yeah, they, all of a sudden they pop up. Uh, Cole Turner will make a catch every once in a while. It's like, what? Uh, but, yeah, it, it's – Because all it, their guys
3: are tired because they run so many pass
1: routes. They have to <laughs> run to get them in. They're running so many pass plays. They're not <laughs> too busy, uh, you know, blocking for uh, Sam Howell. Uh, well, maybe they blocked, they just can only block for so long. And eventually, like, was like, you know, he just holds on it, trying to make a play. Wait, I see the number at uh, 10 and a half. Hold on a second. Is that right? You got 10 oh, you and know half it? Where'd you get 10 and a half? Okay. So if you go on scores <laughs> and odds, it shows you, like, all, right. all the books. Now you're looking at your phone. You're definitely. Where do so I need much? to go, Dean? Yeah. No, no. It's, it's ScoresandOdds.com. It, it, they are on the uh, Rotor umbrella. So shout out to scores and odds. But uh, so, okay, it shows you all the books, like, in their, their numbers. And it's 10 and a half minus 140. That's the hook. Uh, So it's 12 and a half at the Hard Rock, which I have access to, minus 120, 13 and a half on Fandle, minus 113. So it looks like, uh, is that the with where? At points bet, which isn't, you know, that's not everywhere.
2: Oh, Uh, I have an account right now. Let's flip. But you you got only 140.
1: So I don't, do you want only 140 and 10 and a half?
2: You know, you I'm, want, not, like, I'm not yeah. a
1: smart better. I'm just a better.
2: So
1: that's a big number, Lang 140. I, Rich, good. you're you're the whale here. What, what do you got? Tonight? No, no, no. But I mean, f- from a stance, if you look at like the the guys that have
3: faced Dallas that are mobile, Devito ran for 41, Hertz ran for 36, <laughs> Herbert ran for 20, Josh Dobbs 55, Zach Wilson 36. Uh, Howell is dropping back, like I said, and he, he's scrambling with pressure. So like you, you can get there in like maybe one scramble uh, from him. So I, I like it. He's gonna. get he, they drop back a ton. He's gonna get a ton
1: of pressure. That's it. I man. love That's that. That's my problem. logic. That's my logic. I'm getting in before it gets the word gets out and the number gets moved. As people are listening to us live on, on the Pick YouTube. Pick six
2: is evolving into a betting show before our very eyes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is what happens on Thanksgiving. You got to grow. You got to. I can't
2: wait for it to
3: absolutely. have. I can't wait for him to have like three rushing yards and like yep. through three quarters and then like me just double down and
1: try to get it at like eight and a half. Like just play pray for that one. <laughs> so the number just moved in the Hard Rock from twelve and a half to fourteen and a half. Oh my god, unbelievable! At minus one fifteen. Uh, all right, we got anything else as far as Washington, Dallas? That you want to stress: the Cowboys look fabulous. Uh, no surprise Not there. Long games, man. Like a, uh, like the, the, from a line
3: perspective, I and mean, we've got every game is a seven point dog or more. But like from an individual player
1: perspective, like we just have a lot of good players. Sam Franz at Seattle, 43 and a half is the total Sam Fran, about a seven-point favorite. Geno Smith, currently questionable if you trust Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report. He expects him to play. Uh, so Drew Locke's season is on hold. And uh, we're expecting, not official, we're expecting Kenneth Kenny Walker to sit with his oblique. He's currently doubtful. Yeah, uh, CNC heats Pete. Pete's him as doubtful, though. <laughs> Who, oh, yeah, well, yeah, Pete Carroll. Who knows what he's uh, – what he's doing, but, uh, all right. Um, CMC, how much are we prioritizing CMC rich. Um, you know, obviously somebody you want in the 10 game slate, you want to be more in a three game slate. Speaking of floors, this guy's floor is like, I don't know, 18, maybe much sure mm-hmm. what the exact number is, but it's, it's awesome. Takes every single snap. Basically catches a bunch of balls, usually scores, uh, rich. Yeah. CMC and the Niners all together.
3: Yeah. I mean, you look at, I mean, the Niners literally went on like a 10 game streak with Brock Purdy, the starter, they scored 30 or more points. They went two games. They didn't score 30 or points. The sky was falling. He was going to get benched for Sam Darnold and like they're back to scoring on every drive after the break. And here we are again. Uh, I do respect the Seattle defense though. I will say that. I do absolutely respect this defense. They are good against the pass. They've got really good boundary cornerbacks. The thing that worries me about them on their side is like the push. This is where you said to rank the quarterbacks. Gino yeah. would clearly be my six, even if he was healthy, I think. Um, this this team just this offense has just been outright really bad for like the last five weeks. I mean, they've scored a touchdown on 13% of their drives the past six games. That's 27th in the NFL. Like they just aren't really moving the football. They're bad on third downs, they're bad in the red zone. They just lost their running back, which could be maybe even a pro for them, actually. That could be a positive. But their quarterbacks are, if at any chance Drew Locke enters this game, I mean, did you see this guy again last week? <laughs> like, oh my goodness! Uh, but so I do worry about it from the pushback side, and I just this this defense is good, but Brock Purdy was good against them in two starts last year, and this offense is just so damn good. It's hard to fade them, and they're in the night game, right? And the thing about the 49ers that's so frustrating about them is all their guys are relatively expensive. I do think Debo is relatively cheap here; we can fit in, and the distribution is so wide with such low passing volume that you have to get there through efficiency. Dean, if I told you right now that Brandon Ayuk was running fewer pass routes than Jackson Smith and Jigba per game, would you believe me?
1: Uh, I would. because uh, Yeah, I would believe you. Yeah, San Fran, that, that's, they, they do everything through efficiency. Yeah, I mean, it's what makes it so. And these guys, are like especially Ayuk,
3: because he's the one guy that's continuously priced up and Kittle's priced up on this slate. You're talking about guys that are probably only going to get max eight targets, right? Like on a high end like a high-end outcome getting like eight targets and it's so crazy because you have to pay for them and if they don't do something on those eight targets like you're kind of like screwed right i mean i did get six targets last week and still had 156 yards yep and it that's that like uh it's absolutely wild man like the way these guys are getting there but like pretty so efficient it caps that because there's a relationship between volume and efficiency they don't throw a lot and Already, and then, then when they do have throws, they're throwing for 11 yards or pass attempt so it's negating more throws because they're so damn good with the throws they do have. Uh, it's crazy, man. It's just a crazy offense because when you pay up for these guys, where's the ceiling on these guys? That's why I pitched Naked Purdy to Hilo on our show and ended up winning the Million, million maker? maker it's hard to pay up for these guys. It's hard to pay up for these guys.
1: It's amazing. I did pull up, uh, speaking of Cardi again, I happened to that page. I was curious what his projections are for targets. Iok 7.3, yeah, Kittle six, Samuel six, um, five point five the McCaffrey. It's just they just you don't know. You, the
3: one thing you, I will say about uh, what it, it, it intrigues me about Devo Samuel in this matchup is that he's not a receiver. And I think that helps him here because of where Seattle's good on the outside with Treek with uh Treek Woolen and Devin Witherspoon, the way they're playing. I mean, since week four, they're allowing the fewest yards per target to opposing wide receivers. Only Jamar Chase and Amari Cooper have hit 70 yards against them. But, like, you've got handoffs, like they'll talked about, like Jaden Reed and Curtis Samuel. You've got all the stuff behind the line of scrimmage for Debo Samuel because you look at it, I mean, 26% of his targets are behind the line of scrimmage. Like, it, it don't matter who's guarding you if you're getting targeted behind the line of scrimmage. So he becomes kind of an interesting kind of leverage play versus the Kittles and the Ayukes, but also Christian
1: McCaffrey by
3: default of where he's getting his, his touches.
1: John, chime in as far as San Fran, feel free to bring in Seattle.
2: It. I'm happy this one's the night game because, again, everyone's not going to be paying attention to late swap. And honestly, like depending what happens in the Cowboys-Washington game, it's going to then dictate what you can do in this one. There's so many different combinations that it's all open to you. Uh, Reeves already mentioned it, and yes, I agree. I think Debo Samuel is honestly an outright better play than Brendan Ayuk personally, given that even last year, remember, Debo had over 90 yards combined from scrimmage in the first matchup against Seattle that he was active for, and the playoffs went nuclear with 133 receiving yards and a touchdown, and then also 30 yards rushing. And if you think it's a negative game script, because Geno Smith has been so bad from pressure, And this is a San Francisco defense that it's not only top seven before they added Chase Young and creating pressure. Since that time, they've also been eighth in the league in creating pressure. So all all along, all this team does is put quarterbacks under duress. And Geno Smith is 29th in yards per attempt under duress. So I I just kind of like tacking along here. Christian McCaffrey pending Amon Ross St. Browns and CeeDee Lamb's ownership. Maybe you can give everyone a top-down view of those three players since they're all priced similarly across sites, and you can really only pick two logically in this slate. And then, yeah, Devo Samuel over Brandon Ayuk plus uh, 49ers defense. I think 49ers defense may be genuinely the best play on the slate given that the field is going to get the Cowboys naturally. But, dude, even if Geno's active, again, his metrics under pressure and he's now dealing with this – bruise on his throwing triceps I just don't I can't see a universe where he gets there so that's kind of the way I want to play it is soaking up offensive touchdowns with the defense pivot over the Cowboys
1: yeah now it's it was a a gambling podcast now it's a defense podcast I love it uh 35 percent ownership is the projection for Dallas by the way 35 percent we know defense is the most volatile thing. Mm-hmm. We understand why Dallas is getting 35%. Detroit 19, Seattle 18, Washington, Washington 11, and San Fran just paying up to be a little bit different. Like basically no. San prices. Dallas, getting 9%. Holy so I, I love shit.
2: that. I well, love just that. One uh, a million that dollars, process. boys. Let's get there.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Rich, what do you got as far as – is Charbonnet good chalk if he ends up being chalk? I assume he will be. I think he should be. Unless well, he's, I think on both sides, he's different. I don't think he's going to be super
3: chalk on DraftKings, but FanDuel, absolutely, he's going to be, like, just crazy popular, right? Because um, he's 5'3 he, on DraftKings and 5'8 oh. on, yeah. on FanDuel.
2: <laughs> what's, what's funny is that DraftKings, uh, Christian McCaffrey was the same price as Tyreek Hill, 9300 People had a question in cash games. Like, you had to choose one. And then in a three-game slate, he's 8700. But Chris Rodriguez is stoned men in the main slate last week, and then four days later, Chris Rodriguez is priced up on both sides. It makes no sense whatsoever.
1: I played a little Chris Rodriguez last week. I got a little.
2: I get it on Fanduel. Yeah, he made some things work. But I I think
3: is maybe a guy on DraftKings. People might almost talk themselves out of because of the they're they're seven point dogs, they face a good defense. They say, all right, well, how can he really beat me? What has to happen? But he can catch the football. He was a good pass catcher in college. Uh, I think he had six catches last week. He's going to be on the field a ton. I know they might bring Kenny McIntosh up, but he's probably going to be on the field a lot. And a game, Seattle has to win this game. They don't have to win this game, but like they're playing to win this game. Like this is a huge game for divisional purposes and like NFC seeding stuff. Like it's like Seattle is trying to win this game. So I think he's going to play a ton. Uh, So if you luck box into a touchdown or he catches enough passes, I think there's enough floor and like upside there. But uh, I mean, on I, on Fanduel, he's five eight. Like, dude, he uh, you just take a running back getting that much touches, and you say, Jesus, take the wheel,
1: man. Like, I uh, I did not run Fanduel stuff, but I ran DK stuff. Uh, I capped it at seventy two percent. All my uh, you know, uh, you know, as far as uh, nobody getting any more run or something, like yeah, that. yeah. And Charbonnet hit seventy two, percent seventy three on DraftKings.
3: On DraftKings, if, so if yeah, you trust mean, him, he's gonna be he's gonna be yeah. way more
1: popular on Fanduel. Yeah, I think. I mean, again, it might come down to like if people are afraid, if like we don't know if it's officially has. We made the call and said Walker's out. Now, when that news comes out, might matter too, right? But it doesn't seem like Walker's gonna play, and I'm not sure what everybody else is doing oh, as far there. as yeah. their projections. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this might, uh, you know, and he's super, super cheap, and the backfield's gonna be basically has. Um, he's got, uh, you know, draft equity. When he when he plays, he looks good. He looks like a legit running back. You know, for whatever that matters. Uh, people
3: like yeah, I think that's a, But the fact sure. that Charbonnet is going to be so popular makes me just keep thinking of Brian Robinson at this like almost the same spot.
2: Oh, and Brian Robinson's ownerships going to drop if Antonio Gibbons is active. That's the thing. Right. So yeah. that, that definitely makes me want to play Robinson. I still think Charbonnet is a good play, and that doesn't mean I'm going to play him either. But I, I do understand he's a good play. Like if you have a toss up between him and AJ Dillon as the every touchback. You take Charbonnet every time because he's getting the targets in the routes. Dylan, even in his last three starts for Aaron Jones, he only had two targets total. Like he's not good, he's not gonna get there in the passing game. So I'd rather just take the points with Charbonnet.
1: We have spent an hour on the Thanksgiving Day slate, which is spectacular. And a lot of other the longest, yeah, the longest podcast ever. Uh it's gonna <laughs> be fun for sure. I did see a question in chat when I think it's worth talking about. Richie Smalls, uh, you know, if you guys listen live on YouTube, 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night, we appreciate that. Do it a like, do you subscribe, do turn on notifications, do all those things to keep the lights on. Uh, Two tight ends. What about Kittles and Laporta in the same lineup? That's another way to be a little bit different as far as lineup construction.
2: John, do you approve of two tight ends? Yeah, we talked about that. How I I think that's one of the most unique ways to play the slate because spending up, not spending down. I do like Logan Thomas, but... I think you, if you flex it, you need the ceiling tight end as your second spot. So Laporta and George Kittle, who do injure lives if you get it right, those are the guys I'm scared of. I'm not scared of, like, Logan Thomas and Tucker Pratt. Don't get that cute. because I think flex- that's
3: what – if you're going to go two tight ends, it, 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 it's hard to do the two expensive guys, right? Because you only have one out. Right, like yeah. They have, right. they have to be slate breakers. And that's why you typically have seen when two tight end works, it's typically the one pay down guy and then one ceiling breaker. I think doing both ceiling breakers probably puts you at where you're taking on two guys at other positions that don't have very good median projections.
2: Plus, even even if you want to tag along like on or Gibbs with a double tight end, again, that's just a unique build. Like that's how we're going to win this slate is by. I, I will
3: say if you're going to do Kittle and Laporta, you need to do that as like a single entry large field, like. Yes. because you're gonna be because you're gonna be taking on some garbage at other spots. <laughs> I, I,
2: I think I think Thomas in one of those is the better way to do it. If you like yeah, Leonard or
3: Craft or you would, that's if you're gonna Boom. do tight ends, Boom. it would be like the pay down. Like you would do Tucker Kraft, and you hope he gets like twelve to fourteen, right? Like he scores a yes. touchdown, or and then that open, and then your or your Laporta or your Kittle drops the twenty bomb,
1: and then you're cooking. But I do love it. I do love it. Final word in this slate, Rich. What else you got? Just give us the final word. Well, you know, too long didn't read. Give me the give me 20 seconds. What do I need? Uh Cooper Rush throws a touchdown. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which is basically saying Dallas is dropping like a 40 spot on Washington. I, I bet
2: the Cowboys to cover. I'm not I, I'm sorry, I bet the Washington to cover. I'm sorry, Rich. I don't think Cooper Rush gets in this game.
1: You got the 12. Is it a back backdoor style as far as No, uh, I, got, I got the 12 and a half.
2: I got the 12 and a
1: half. Oh, you got the hook. There you go. The yeah. public loves to bet Dallas on Thanksgiving. So you gotta lay you gotta lay a
2: lot of points, but it is a man. It is a very big number for a team that just had six turnovers inexplicably. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh we are an hour Medica. and a minute in. So we'll we'll let the producer Steve know to kind of timestamp that and uh restart well, it, it up. <laughs> we're we're talking the main slate. The main slate. If you guys don't know how this goes, you yeah, know, let's cook through, let's, through let's these spot. two let's games. And then let's fly. We can yeah. fly on through this. One game. Uh, well, we have to pick three main games. Uh, I don't know, Rich, do not like Jacksonville and Houston. Jacksonville and Houston is the first one we're going to talk about. 47 yeah, and a half is the total. I'm I a little – to keep the gambling theme, I'm, I'm kind of surprised Houston's a dog here, getting a point and a half versus yep, Jacksonville. Yep. No respect. Yeah. I like I the mean, a, side here. A lot of old Vegas
3: heads love to bet short home dogs on the money line, so like a lot of people will be on Houston, I'm sure. Uh, and the Jaguars have been bad uh, against the Texans. I think our our good buddy Dan Bach uh, bring them tw- two name drops to one show for you, Danny. Jaguars fan though, he would attest that uh, they struggle against Texans. They're one since they drafted Trevor Lawrence, one and four straight up against the Texans. Um, and they, those Texans teams haven't been good until this iteration. Uh, so uh, they've they've played some games and. and Trevor Lawrence hasn't been good in those matchups, but I do like Trevor Lawrence this week, especially where he's priced. I think there is upside Go back to a vacuum and feels point, Chasey, but this Houston defense has finally started to catch up to kind of their like metrics. They weren't a good pass defense, but they were getting by and not giving up a lot of points to quarterbacks and wide receivers because they were allowing all these rushing touchdowns, but they were inversely like a really good run defense and they still are. And that started to shift the, in the last couple of weeks, the passing touchdowns are starting to come. They've now allowed QB one scoring weeks to Desmond Ritter, Baker Mayfield, and Derek Carr, as well as Kyler Murray last week. So it feels a little point you with Trevor Lawrence, who literally just had like his first good game of the season last week. But I do think that he's an interesting spot. And then also, can we at least like acknowledge? Are people talking? about CJ Stroud was concussed last week, right? Like, like, I, dude. After he took, yeah. After he took that hit, he we didn't see that type of play from CJ Stroud the entire season. And he was—he had—he had 10.8 yards per pass attempt before that hit, and then the rest of the game threw for 5.9 yards or pass attempt. Through two of the worst interceptions, we haven't seen him make those types of decisions the entire season. Maybe it was just happenstance, but huh. man, I think something happened to CJ Stroud during that game that did not get
1: released. Maybe that's the lack of respect here for Houston. Maybe that, that's an interesting thought. I have not thought of that angle, but that's that—that that, that could certainly matter for sure. Uh, John, you want to knock out the Jacksonville? You want to jump over to Houston? What do you want? And also it's worth noting, uh, Pierce is practicing. It seems like he's on his way back. No, I don't know. That's way did...
3: better defense though, than they've gotten the last two Correct. weeks. Like... <laughs> that,
1: but Singletary all... still kind of ahead of him, right? I think he's oh, he will him.
3: be, but I'm just saying like, it's one thing to Devin Singletary to pick on the Bengals and Cardinals than it is to pick on the Jaguars run defense. Boom.
2: And we we talked about Singletary's spot in both of those games these last two weeks, and now it's a pass funnel, so we want to target the passing game, which is why I like this environment overall. Uh, Rich wants to play it, perhaps through Trevor Lawrence, and I'm open to that, and I'm also open to the CJ Stroud side. Noah Brown ZNP on Wednesday, so maybe we have some double stacks coming our way between Nico Collins and Tank Dell still, but... Overall, I just still don't trust the Jags defense. I still think they're a very overrated off uh, defense. Even Will Levis was under pressure last week on forty percent of his dropbacks, and that's been Levis's bugaboo all year. It's like the last month when he's been under pressure, he's just crumbled. But although that looks that sounds heavy on the surface, forty uh, percent was actually his lowest rate in the last month. And from a clean pocket, he still went for he was still went eleven to twelve for two touchdowns against this defense. And C.J. Stroud is still third in yards per attempt from a clean pocket this year, uh, one of only three quarterbacks alongside Tua and Patrick Mahomes to throw for 16 touchdowns as well when not under pressure. So I think he can play it either way, and that just tells me that this is a game I probably want to onslaught it, honestly.
1: You like this
3: game, stack, Rich? I do. I like it from both sides, too. I like both the yeah. passing sides. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would say the weakest point of Jacksonville is the, is the pass defense. It's where you want to attack them uh and you know this could be a spot to dust off uh devin ingram man it could
1: be a spot yeah uh, if
3: you're getting creative he doesn't oh, score
1: touchdowns doesn't get targets like the yeah, yeah.
3: targets not one but if we're gonna get one dean <laughs> we gotta bet on when it's gonna happen dean we gotta skate to where the puck is going not where it's been well the puck's never been there <laughs> like the puck is afraid
1: i guess it's at some blue, point he'll get one blue uh why is that what, what, what is the scheme is there anything you can get as far as the scheme I don't know like- I'd
3: have to look into it uh but I mean listen all the all the stuff for Calvin Ridley finally paid off last week I mean nothing changed I saw a lot of people floating out the Zay Jones stuff about his on-off splits with Zay Jones and there really was nothing different in his usage just that it's that all of those high variance targets he was getting he cashed them in I mean 33 percent of his targets last week still came on 20 yards or further downfield it's just he caught all of them Coming into the game, he was third in the NFL in red zone target share and third in the NFL – well, fourth in the NFL in share of team end zone targets. He caught them. They, they turned into touchdowns. They – like the, the the place that he was – the opportunities he was getting, he cashed them in. Um, and I got to Calvin Ridley last year. I sent Dagle my lineup. I actually played a bunch of them. awesome. was a Eckler. Hot lineup. Yeah. Austin Eckler sabotaged me of all people, like all the guys. Yeah, just man, he he was running
1: in slow motion last week.
3: Dude, what was
2: that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's my god. We, we can't go back. You can't convince me to go back. What it is that? Really I can't bad. play him anymore. I can't click on him anymore. You 8K,
1: 9K, the guy can't move. Nah, dude, he, he killed turned.
3: my lineups, dude. I, I didn't have one miss. My like Every guy had like 20 points, and then you, you have like an 8 from Austin Eckler. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, this is like, bad. what the hell happened here?
1: Did he talk about that in this podcast? Like, why you couldn't? Do I don't know. I have to
3: listen. Harmon should have asked him if he pooped his pants while he was running because it looked like <laughs> it, like, I don't know what happened.
1: <laughs> I don't know how to ask that delicately, but, you know. Uh, yeah, this something's going on. There. Me, though.
3: But, I mean, you know, we saw Zay Jones come back, though, uh, and it's another good spot. Remember when these teams played earlier in the year? Ridley self-sabotaged his game. He dropped a 35-yard touchdown he had opportunities in this game and Houston's been bad against perimeter wide receivers. They've been bad against wide receivers all year. And we finally just start to see some of it cash in uh, a little bit Is the Rondo Moore stuff was hilarious the last week. I mean, cause man, I <laughs> faded him hard and he caught that first touch. And I'm like, God damn it. And then he didn't have one target the rest of the game. He didn't even have a target the rest of the game, but I was so like mad. Like Braden is like, Brandon was like, oh, should I play Rondell Moore? I'm like, dude, he's going to be like 35%. I am like, are you sure? And he caught that first touchdown. He's like, you don't know anything, Dad. And I'm like, yeah, that's that
2: was a- this <laughs> why you don't respect me. And, 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 and Rondell Moore was like the thesis behind two tight end builds because it was like, well, if Pat Fryermuth and Donald Parham beat Rondell Moore at 3,300, then you could do whatever you want. And then it was one catch later. It's like, oh, okay, I see how this goes.
1: I, uh, and that's all he I, had. I, I had a lot of them actually. I I, I I was such a donkey and I felt great at 105, but like at four o'clock, I'm like, well, what happened to this guy?
2: It's Greg like, Dortch here. is so good, man. Like Greg Dortch needs more playing time on some NFL team, not the Cardinals. Greg Dortch is so good. For real. Was that like the smallest
1: offense in the modern era? Like as far as like quarterback and the receivers <laughs> that Arizona was rolling out? Like, uh, I they're all like with five, five, eight, five, nine. If uh, that they're they're not, Hollywood's, Hollywood's not exactly a uh, an alpha X either, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know if anybody would put a tweet out on that. I would, you know, it's just like looking at that offense and just like how small are these guys it looks like. Uh, I don't want to say like a high school offense, just like size wise,
2: it could have been a high school, even
1: offense. even Paris Campbell, I believe,
2: is like their left tackle is pretty small as well.
1: We got anything anything else here as far as Houston and
2: Jacksonville? Something we should stress that we may have skipped.
3: We'll move it. We'll move. Keep moving. Keep moving. Tampa,
2: Indy. Passing games, uh, fade the running backs. Passing games is what we want.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, Tampa versus Indianapolis, two and a half favorite here. Indian home, 43 and a half is the total. One of the higher totals on the board. I guess it's fourth or fifth, depending on, uh, again, you guys already talked about how there's like three or four games that barely exist in this game uh, on this main slate, this 10-gamer. Uh, John, I'll let you start this off. Tampa uh, at Indy, Dealer's Choice, go for it.
2: Against the Bucks, I mean, this has been a constant. Reeves pointed it out whenever they played CJ Stroud, and it just continues on, it, including B- Brock Purdy last week, who was the QB two on the week, and now in four out of the Bucks' last six games out of the bye, uh, quarterbacks that finishes at least the QB three on the week. The outliers were Desmond Ritter and Will Levis. So it's okay. We can forgive them. And now here's Gardner Minshew and Colts offense that's still averaging a top five rate of plays per game and Minshew's full starts this year. So we think he's going to have the play volume in an elite spot. And honestly, it is a good quarterback slate. There are three guys, uh, four guys, including Trevor Lawrence we want to play. But but if we're just trying to fit the dudes, if you just want to fit all the guys, Gardner Minshew makes a lot of sense. I can see where people get to Gardner Minshew too in cash games because he's so cheap on both sides in an elite spot. So that's kind of where it starts for me, including Michael Pittman stacks. Not only do we have this ominous Josh Downs injury that came out in USA Today, that he's apparently been battling the knee injury all year. He's been awesome, too. Like, I didn't even see that coming. But uh, even the last game we saw him in London, Frankfurt, wherever it was, he had that <laughs> big explosive play, too, but only reached 42 receiving yards. But the fact is, like, the matchup is better for Michael Pittman anyhow. The Bucks. In the slot are two the commanders out wide, which is what lead both Reeves and I to want to be overweight on Brandon Cooks in the Thanksgiving slate. Because from out wide, they're basically stone last and everything you look at. Fantasy points per game, yards per catch, uh, receiving yards per game. So, yeah, I think Gardner Minshew is definitely like a legitimate option in tournaments and cash games in this slate.
1: There's a uh, no clear winner, early optimals, but he's the number one guy, 19% right now on TK optimals, Gardner Minshew. He uh, makes Eagle actually,
2: Bills fit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's, and actually he's making a uh, 13% of the Fanduel lineups. And by the way, Rich, you mentioned your son and uh, every once in a while, you'll let us know who his secret, his super secret favorite, like off the board play is mate. Uh, does he like uh, Alec Pierce? Is that one of the reasons why I guess that was the reason why he was on Pierce, the downs injury. It didn't work out, but you know, did you throw that back at him when he was throwing at you uh, the Rondell Moore stuff?
3: No, no. He's calculated. He, he, he'll he, say, well, we didn't expect him to do good anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't lose. Can't lose. Win-win, um, man. He's got the game. He's got the gambit. Rich, you like Minshew here at home in the Dome? Uh, I don't know if I'll get to Minshew. We'll, we'll see when we get there. I mean, there's just so many good quarterbacks, like Dagle said. I can definitely get to the receivers, though. I can even get to Downs uh, as well. Uh, I think I mean because the Bucks are also bad against slot receivers, so sure. I mean, so I think Downs is in play where he's priced because he maybe is another like he gets you access to some of those guys too. I have a hard time just not wanting to play Josh Allen. Like my initial thought is to try to jam Josh Allen in. Like that's my thought process entering the slate. I don't know how viable it is though. I haven't built any lineups yet, but my initial yeah. thought process is to try to get the Josh Allen. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah, so we'll you, talk about that you, game you in a second. You haven't tried building running backs yet, buddy. Just wait. This oh, season. I be
3: said, so, like, on this running back slate, like,
2: I was like, oh, Ramondre Stevenson looks like a solid play. Yeah. And, like, that, that's where we are. I, I'm well, not kidding. There are, like, three guys in my running back pool. I'm like, I don't want to play anyone in this slate.
3: Derrick Henry, uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Isaiah Pacheco.
2: Uh, don't forget Jalen Warren. Calm down. Add I mean, and I'm
3: not playing Jalen Warren. I mean, this 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 is good. Like, this isn't real.
2: Okay, let's do it. We'll talk yeah, about it The later.
1: total's got to be at least 34 for you to play a player in it. Is that the, is that the rules? No, I mean, I don't know. Maybe uh, with this
3: transition, you know, with Eddie Faulkner, like, calling the plays, the running back coach, maybe he knows. At his know, price?
2: He'll,
3: he'll see the light. I'm playing. But I think uh, – J- the way Jalen Warren is currently operating cannot be is, is not sustainable. If we have a if we have a change like we saw with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott last year, then yes. But we haven't seen that change yet. He, can't, he, him break off he, doesn't, he doesn't even have a goal to go touch on the season yet. His three touchdowns are all from outside the 10 yard line. He's not getting enough raw touches. He has more yards the last three games than he had. Like before all his games total, so like that type of usage just isn't sustainable. And granted, it could be shifting. It could be the thing skate to where the puck's going. It's like all these signs point to like he deserves more work. He's gonna get more work. We'll see if it happens. But that game also looks like an absolute slog, though.
1: By the way, the most popular running back hitting the optimals is uh, you guys haven't mentioned him. We're on the game, Javon Taylor. Javon Taylor is (laughs) just hard pass. That's it. No. Uh, no, no JT for you, Rich.
3: I don't know, maybe, but I mean, I don't like like the Bucks are actually good against running backs. Like they haven't even allowed yeah. a rushing touchdown yet to a running back.
1: Who's the dude in the middle that everybody fears? Who's the like the run stopper. Vita Vita the Vita Vita Vaya. Vita Vaya. There you go, Vita Vea. Yeah, that, that that guy is. Uh, the, let's let's go on the outside. Let's not rub the gut on Vita Vea. But uh, yeah, he's he's very popular for what it's worth. Jonathan Taylor, six uh, nine on DK, 7'5 five on Fandle.
2: Taylor also. Like, he, he got the main role, like, like Chupa Hubbard, and then mm-hmm. became Chupa Hubbard. He's just, like, kind of cowered. It's like, oh. Yeah, they're a bad running team, too. Yeah, that's what we were waiting for. At least it opened up for Devin Singletary. But, again, that was against the Bengals and Cardinals. So that probably helped out a lot.
1: Uh, Tampa Bay. I don't think we can really talk about Tampa Bay's offense so much, Rich. Your favorite play on Tampa is who? Mike Evans. Yeah, that's what I figured. Every week. <laughs> That seems like the obvious. Also, the I obvious mean, listen, crazier.
3: Rashad White's another one of these guys. Like, he's living his best life right now. But, like, yeah, there's, yes, a, there's something coming for him, too, eventually.
2: But but in terms of the slate, Rich, I still think it's fine, honestly, on draft. Oh, team. yeah, is, he is. He's 100, fine. I think he's, I think he's a good play, honestly.
3: You got, I mean, the Colts are giving up all these touchdowns to running backs. So he probably gets there again this week. You're right. <laughs> I thought last week would be the week he wouldn't, and then he got the
2: one-yard touchdown. 2023 is the year of just – you you can keep getting away with it that's what it is just keep getting away. With it. <laughs> well i mean i think what we've learned
3: is though at the running back position there's one good running back there's there's christian mccaffrey and there's a pretty wide gap to the other Matrix. guys that are consistently good yeah. and uh it's just about these other guys are running hot in different pockets of production but yeah i mean i had someone tweet me they're like rashad white's the rb6 i'm like that says a lot more about the rb6 than it does rashad
2: white my friend Correct. i don't know what to yeah. tell you <laughs> that's what <right. laughs> Like, when you combat against Jalen Warren, I say Jalen Warren is 5,400 on DraftKings, and that's <laughs> not even an argument for Jalen Warren. It's an argument for the algorithm and the slate of running backs I have to choose from, and I'm okay with that.
1: You have a different answer, John, as far as favorite in Tampa, or is, it, is, is Evans the, the clear guy?
2: I'm still open to Kate Otten because uh, I think it's an ugly tight end slate. Uh, you know, Dalton Cade and... David and Joku are sexy, but beyond that, as we as we know every week, we just let you choose from the optimals. So Kate Ottens <laughs> out there if you want to pay down.
1: <laughs> All right, last game, Buffalo at Philly, three-point hey, line, Philadelphia 48, 48 and a half total. Rich, you seem anxious to want one to talk about later. this one. You've already talked about Josh Allen. You're excited about Josh Allen. So talk to me about Buffalo. Just uh, They changed the you know offensive coordinators, which means they're not going to miss field goals anymore or they're not going to turn the ball over anymore. They're gonna be perfect. Uh all right. What do you got, Rich, as far as Buffalo and Philly? Oh no, yeah, I love
3: this game. I mean, you look at the Bills. I mean, this is a team that obviously they got the hall pass against the Jets, but <laughs> literally, you know, since week five, they're they're 30th in defensive EPA. Like they're they're giving up, they're giving up a lot of production. Uh, they're not an efficient defense with the amount of injuries they've had. What's funny is they've actually turned into like a really good run defense, especially even before they added Linval Joseph. But it just turned into they're not giving up those explosives in the run game, but uh, I think the Eagles are going to score points. And I think the Bills are going to score points. I mean, you look at the Eagles, they've already allowed, uh, a, you know, all these – the previous two games before last week against Mahomes, they allowed the number one QB score overall in all fantasy football. Uh, we've already seen them allow another top two scores, and one of them was Mac Jones. So I don't think the Bills are going to be able to run the football outside of Josh Allen runs against this Eagles defense. So, I mean, I just think there's going to be a lot of volume for the Bills – uh a pass volume i think it's a great spot for stefan Diggs to bounce back the last two matchups Stephon Diggs, he's faced the two teams that are number one and number two in percentage of points allowed to wide receivers in the denver broncos and the new york jets and now he faces the team that allows their highest rate of points allowed go to wide receivers even justin watson got there and held the chiefs guys catch three more passes their receivers have like the best game they've had like all season uh, yeah. But Eagle, 63% of the points they allow are scored by opposing wide receivers. I mean, I just want to start with Diggs and Allen. I don't know how possible it is because I haven't built teams, uh, and maybe I have to go away from one of those guys. But if I have to go down, if I have to choose, I, I will probably just want to play Diggs. I think Diggs is going to be like a, a, just like the best wide receiver play on the slate.
1: Rich, what happened to the of UCF, uh, Gabe Davis? Like two out of the last three games. I'll he's play him too out. this
3: week. The, you what, know remote. What's oh, going yeah. on with Gabe? Well, the last two weeks, like I said, they faced two teams that literally smoke wide receivers. So anytime that, that happens, like Gabe is not doing anything. Uh, but he yeah, didn't have a target last week at all. He was on 100% of the team dropbacks too. Like big cardio game for Gabe. Uh, we yeah. love it. But I mean, the Eagles are allowing a 7.9% touchdown rate to opposing outside receivers. That's 30th and 31st in the NFL, actually. They're 30th in receptions allowed per game to outside wide receivers. Gabe's got to be on the menu in some tournaments. He's the ultimate boom bus guy, right? Yeah. I mean, you ain't playing in cash or anything, but absolutely no. Josh Allen doubles. And even as a one, I think even as just a one-off play as an isolated play, like this is where you would take a shot on Gabe Davis.
1: Kincaid had six catches last week. I feel like he had six catches like in the first drive. Did he just like disappear? Like they stopped throwing the ball to him. I guess, like I yeah, said, eight times in the second half. Yeah. I guess that's part of it too. I suppose that's part of the gig. Yeah. That makes sense, but uh, he was to like a monster game and just nothing. You just kind of put him on pause, basically. But he's yeah, been that's pretty good so what happens when Zach
3: Wilson uh, gets
1: benched. Finally, yeah, that was finally <laughs> enough. That was enough <laughs> for the Jets.
3: took that long. What was the official breaking point? It's so bad when um, Robert Sala tackled him on the sideline. That was when it was <laughs> over.
1: He stand for him too. Like it like two, was like two weeks ago. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fully confident, and uh, you know, all right. And I, I appreciate it. nobody believed him, but uh, and he had nothing else behind him. Obviously, we'll see this week. Uh, John, are you was excited about Buffalo? And feel free to bring Philadelphia into the conversation.
2: Play all the dudes, literally all of them. That's that's the thesis behind Gardner Mincher, Kenny Pickett. If I will play any quarterback you present me, as long as I can play all the dudes, because uh, even Khalil Shakur, I think, is an amazing play. Eagles, you can beat it, the Eagles anywhere you want, but they're still allowing the most points per game, sixteen per game. From the slot as well, where Shakur has run 71% of his routes without Dawson Knox. So at 3200 on DraftKings, cheap on Fanduel. feel free to load him up. And on the Bills side of the ball, I mean, we're on Wednesday, but given that uh, concussion protocol, a late Sunday afternoon game, I just don't know if they're going to have secondary pieces turn around. Micah Hyde and Dane Jackson now in concussion protocol. Also, Teron Johnson resting at home, fortunately, but still banged up. So I I just don't – I don't know who the hell is going to be playing, honestly, for Buffalo in their secondary. So although Jalen Hurts is not getting there and passing through the air, firing up as well. Like, just play everyone. And honestly, for the Eagles, the target tree became concentrated anyhow without Dallas Goddard. Like, we saw it go to uh, Devonta Smith mostly – but it was a down game against for A.J. Brown, so I, I still think no one falls for that given that A.J. Brown was literally Offensive Player of the Year prior to that. But yes, li- quite literally, play everyone in this spot through the air just like Jags and Texans.
1: Yeah, I feel pretty good about Smith. Uh, Brown was shut down last mm-hmm. game, but I'd assume he bounces back. Uh, yeah. Seems like a good spot all around. Uh, by the way, uh, here's a tease for the optimizer on a Wednesday night for DK, tight end wise Not number one, but in the number two spot, it's Dalton Kincaid. So uh, he's not going to be landing in our all optimizer. Yeah, all yeah. Guys, I mean, no. certainly you can play Dalton Kincaid, but he's not the current number one guy. Okay, uh, I suppose, well, unless we got anything else here, Rich, as far as this game, anything else you want to say?
3: Yeah, I feel we'll... this, similarly to Texans, Jags, all the passing pieces, fade the running backs.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to figure out ways to fit everyone in because even with Allen, Shakir's the only cheap one. Davis will probably go overlooked, even though I generally do not give a shit about his box scores. It's like I'm just going to play Gabe Davis. I do not care, especially for tournaments. But it is hard to fit because AJ Brown, Devonta, and Stephon Diggs are still really expensive. So I'm just trying to figure out how I get to those guys because that's the only game I care about.
3: Yeah, yeah. Devonte Smith looks pretty good on Fanduel at seven four. Uh, what is Gabe 5 3 on DraftKings? And what is he on FanDuel? He's probably a better FanDuel play, anyways.
2: Absolutely, yeah. But it doesn't I mean, Touchdowns, I, they care about touchdowns care. on FanDuel. I do right. not care. He's 6k on FanDuel.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that works. Okay, all right. There's seven games remaining we've not yet talked about. We want to give our favorite plays remaining that we've not yet talked uh, about. We're skipping that. Oh, <laughs> Steve, Steve,
3: Steve, Steve requested we skip it because we took so long on Thanksgiving.
1: Yes, you know what? That's right. He did we
3: were that. gonna say a bunch of bad players, anyways. We were gonna oh, say games we talked about.
2: We're gonna argue about a... Jalen Warren, Warren and bring up Justin Watson Cash.
3: I was gonna bring up and... Ramondre Stevenson. Like, come on, oh. man.
2: And and the Rams, Cardinals, cheapies, if injuries, like we don't need to talk about it. It's fine. Everyone knows.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. Vandal was not playing around with Kyron Williams. They were they knew exactly when he was coming off the IR. <laughs>
1: How much is it? <laughs> eight eight two. Huh. <laughs> that's uh he's gonna that's gonna be his role though right he's gonna get like a big chunk i think is that fair i mean got i will rid of say uh, henderson
3: i will say i broke my role i broke my role last week with a-chan and look what happened oh yeah. man he did break your rule. Yeah. look what happened
2: i had him i had in my core and it was not pretty
1: look, look what, what happened, happened. Uh, your ruling fair.
2: to be fair, it's it' still it still feels good when it's at ten percent. It's like, okay,
1: that's true. you know I, I did not blame smart, it I didn't blame I it cash the or anything,
2: ones. but uh, yeah. yeah, we were all the smart ones who lost. yeah.
1: I do uh, I do want to get the read in though. I want to tell the people about sim Labs. Sim Labs is in beta, and you mentioned Dan Bach and I'll tell I'll tell the reason why that kind of tied in in a second. We did just drop the beta version of a new NFL lineup building tool for a limited time. You can actually try it for free. SimLabs is a brand new product that uh, generates DFS lineups with the power of simulation, combines data from every aspect of the slate to churn out lineups that match your preferences. Just a few clicks, you can have hundreds of well-built correlated lineups ready to go for whatever contest type you're playing. You know, large field, small field, single entry, however you want to do it. Uh, check out the link in the description as well. But I did see Dan Bach earlier today. So much, I mean, right up basically up the lock. Uh, we didn't have time to change the read, but this was only a DK. Now it's something they've worked in for FanDuel. So for DraftKings, for FanDuel, I know it works for the DK Showdown stuff. I can't say for the FanDuel uh, Showdown stuff, but an NFL only for right now. My understanding is theoretically down the road. This will be for other sports as well. But uh, go ahead and check out Sim Labs; It is free. And now we're going to talk, I guess we're going to talk movies, right? We're just going to segue right into our movie section. We're going to talk about teenage. But we're done with football. We do appreciate you all listening. If that's if that's your, you know, If Happy you want to hear us about Yes. Uh, get all that stuff out. Favorite. Do you have to do favorite Thanksgiving thing? Ever? People, you know, what's the chalk? Uh, that. That's, I don't know. That's
2: going to be played like literally everywhere.
1: Oh, I was going like the, every podcast has to give like their Thanksgiving take. That's. Yeah. I will that say was... this, done
3: right. It's all like really excellent, right? Like turkey gets a bad deal. And what I hear when people say they don't like turkey, I'm like, you ate a lot of bad turkeys. Yes. Like you like, That's got to work it in.
2: It's got kind of a ceiling. It is not. It's not. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's incredible. Smoke smoked
1: turkey, amazing. I got to try I, uh, John's turkey. He was raving about it pre-show. And he said it looked great. Really, I, I went to the picture, but
2: yeah. Steve, if you want to share some things to the screen when we start talking movies, I did email the photos to, to you and Dean and everyone. So can you, can do some more work, Steve? you can pull them up <laughs> on the screen, Steve, Since I'm just giving you commands now. Uh, five apple pile fashions in. That's how okay. you stuff. There you go. Look at the screen. That's how you stuff the skin with butter, right? You stuff it with garlic and butter and (laughs) herbs. And then you like also rub your hands all over it with olive oil and sage and garlic. And then that's four and a half hours later. 165 internal temperature. That's a fucking turkey, Dean. Look at that shit. That's beautiful. I'm going to need a net net on that beard, though.
5: You had a better (laughs) grip of that turkey than
2: Josh Cobbs. The beard is beautiful.
5: You had you had a better grip of that turkey than Josh Dobbs during that football game the other night. I yeah, was, that was, you,
2: you're That's very, a beautiful turkey. A beautiful it looks great. Uh the only other dish I think I've cooked better than that is the one time I cooked beef wellington for Friendsgiving. Because Friendsgiving is the one time I will spend like 48 hours on my meal. The beef wellington was hot.
4: That's I've like never my had new beef favorite. Wellington. It's my new that's favorite right. food. Mm. Uh Are
2: yeah. Am I missing out? Beef yeah. Wellington is for Dean, it's It's the filet mignon, but that's just a filet. So an entire log of filet mignon. Don't chop it up. And then you brush it in hot English mustard. Or the way I did it, brush in hot English mustard. And then you encrust it, roll it in a combination of herbs and mushrooms. So I think I did pine nuts, watercress, thyme, and uh, hazelnut or nutmeg. And then puff pastry, stuff it, and then bake it to the point where whenever it's done, I think it's like two and a half, three hours. Whenever you cut it up into rolls, into logs for servings, it then becomes rare from the middle all the way to well done to the outside. So no matter who you're with, they get their their perfect cook.
1: It sounds spectacular. I got to try it one of these days. Amazing. Um, Beef I always bro. sort of think of Gordon Ramsay because I feel like that's one of his go-tos on his show. It is. I, he, he, yeah, I, I relate I, him to the
2: beef Wellington. I don't know why. That's, that's the that's recipe the I name? use. But the one in my journals, like, because I keep a journal next to my kitchen and the recipe is like three pages long and it's all Gordon Ramsay's recipe. So yeah.
5: When I got knocked out of the world series, I went to have a celebration meal <laughs> and I walked over to Gordon Ramsay's restaurant and I sat down at the bar and I was like, what do I have here to the bartender? And he goes, the Beef Wellington. And I was like, I've oh, never yeah. had Beef Wellington. And oh, yeah. I had Beef Wellington, and I got Beef Wellington the next day because it was so <laughs>
1: amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you got gateway yeah. drunk on Beef Wellington? I, I did, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. If, if you guys didn't know, Producer Rob Bethel, it's Producer Rob joining the show. He talks movies with us. Um, not only is he a producer, but he also is a fabulous uh, poker player. He also uh, tells ghost stories. as Where, yeah, Where did I you finish? Where did you finish in the final there, the the, the the World Series? What was the number?
5: Uh, one thirty eighth.
1: One thirty eighth. Amazing. Out Amazing. of spectacular
5: Ten thousand plus.
0: I how many I hours every day?
3: I watched every. How many, day. how many hours did you play?
5: Uh, over sixty because it was like twelve hours a day. I got to day six, so probably like sixty three hours or so. so Have you
3: played poker since, since then?
5: I've played like a couple like yeah, shit, online games, but I I don't think I've played. Oh, I played one live tournament since then. It and can't
2: possibly hit the blood the same way
5: it's not this well local tournaments are never the same as like real yeah. tournaments either so you go from people two and a half xing to walking into these local tournaments where everybody's like four and five xing pre-flop for their raises and you're it's, just like this especially is awful.
2: because with <laughs> quite literally the most amount ever given to first place in the world series of poker and you were 138 overall no matter your chip stack whenever whenever you're on day six you can't help but stop dreaming, start dreaming about mm-hmm. like winning de- the last day. Like that's that's on everyone's mind. Yeah, no one's I, a realist
5: at that point. No, you just I mean I was just happy no. to be there, man. No, <laughs> it was. Shut up. No, no, no you were. I, I mean, it, there was a point where I was just happy to be there. Like once I made the money, I was like, okay. And then we were just building, and then it was like, all right, well, let's just try to win this thing now. Let's let's fuck around and find out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Was there like one big hand before the knockout or you got knocked out with a bunch of chips or it's like we're just kind of like at the end. He's like, you're dead anyway. What was no,
5: day yeah, five, day five? I got put on like a table full of just absolute crushers. And yeah,
2: you got pros.
5: I got I got like a, a tough table. So I had to play real it my, my stack was fine. And then I got put at a table where it was like some people were just either going to get knocked out or move on because everyone's stack was similar. And we uh, ran into a bad spot and got knocked out.
2: Let the record show because I'm that kind of friend. I subscribed to Poker to Go just to keep an eye on your table the entire time. I paid real dollars it. to subscribe to you and to keep it in the background while I was writing about I don't know the fucking draft or some
5: stupid shit.
2: Who knows what I was doing at the time? But and as I a good friend you to second. you,
5: as a good friend to you, you were one of like three people that I actually responded to that was texting me during the tournament. <laughs> yeah. I feel it's seen I did
1: not subscribe. I,
2: I feel bad now retroactively. I was silly, rooting for you, but I didn't go the extra effort like John did. I love, I'll tell you what. I still love watching poker, though. I still do it in the background. I, I think poker is still the most fascinating thing in the world, man, because it's kind of like DFS where we roll the cards and every slate's different. Poker, literally, every hand's different. It might be muscle memory to some people, but it's just always a different scenario and a different person, a different personality. So I always just love board games that change and overnight and poker changes within like literally 15 seconds every time
5: well it's storytelling right like because because i used to teach a little bit of poker back in the day and i always started by telling them you're telling a story and your opponent's telling a story and you're trying to make sure your story makes sense and so does theirs and that's what Mm -hmm. dfs is too we're telling a story when we build lineups Mm -hmm. so i think that's what we're drawn to
1: Rob, unfortunately, you did not win the World Series of Poker, but what you did win, which <laughs> you can argue, not the it's just is just as good. You, you won the uh, the Listener League. Well, you didn't win it technically. You beat all of us. You, you didn't finish first. That. <laughs> yes, yes. But you won just, the right uh... to assign a movie for us to watch. Did I? And you chose. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm setting up the movie we saw. Wait. Oh no, wait, no, it was Rich no, won, right? Rich, Rich one. Never mind. My bad. Don't I, win I
5: never win. I'm I'm the worst.
1: <laughs> you won anymore. the horror movie stuff. Rich, you assign. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Why did you choose that? Let's go around the horn as far well, as you guys else. chose it. We gave I gave you the option,
3: and uh, yeah, you guys chose it. Dagle grew up with uh you said April O'Neil toys in the bathtub. Uh, uh I don't know,
2: <laughs> not, not in that kind of vulgar way, but yeah.
3: <laughs> but no, it was uh. No one had seen it, so anytime we get a chance, or no one at all, three haven't seen the movie. That's almost a go
4: to.
5: We almost Sorry. we almost dressed up as the ninja turtles here. If Dagel had been wearing a green shirt, each of us would have been a ninja <laughs> turtle color. We're so
3: close. And I asked Dean who his favorite Ninja Turtle, is, he told me they all were the same.
1: I, I don't which one's the which one's the smart ass. I don't remember what, which one's which. What the f- I, what? what is happening, they, Dean? Yeah. I don't remember which they all have a different weapon. One's got a big stick, one's got nunchucks, I think.
2: It it is kind of <sighs>
1: amazing though that the story
2: t- the storytelling for Dean and a lot of people yep. who probably watched Smoothie Fresh and didn't know the storytelling previously came into an entirely different like birth of the Teenage Mutant Turtles because this is not it, but I was very much open to it. Like I think the the thing that rocked my world the most, Dean, was that uh, Rocksteady and Bebop were the coolest villains that I grew up with in my lifetime. I thought they were the greatest things ever invented. The rhino and the hippo with cool ass 3D sunglasses and leather vest and pierced nipples as a kid was like, <laughs> nothing's going to beat these two characters. But in this movie, they work with the turtles. Whereas the when Spoiler. I was growing up in the cartoon and the movies, there's no chance. They would have gone dead before they ever worked with the turtles. And even that kind of like uh, character development is fascinating to me. Do you know, know,
1: uh, did you look and see who the voice actors were? Did you recognize who the voice actors were by hearing
2: it? Ice Cube, Ice Cube, uh, I think it bit at me for like 30 minutes, and I was like, Ah. I got it. I know it now. The rest, though, I don't know where Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, I don't know where they came in at. I have no idea. Yeah,
3: yeah, they're all in there. Uh, Also, you should have known who April was, because you are a fan of the bear.
1: Yes. Is it Sid? The chef on yeah. the on uh yeah on the bear Sydney uh, yeah. By the way, Rocksteady was voiced by John Cena, uh, and Bebop was voiced by Seth Rogen, who wrote this uh, wrote it co wrote it. And,
2: and Rocksteady in the live action is, uh, famous, So two wrestlers there mm. in the movies, but no one wants to remember the Michael Bay li- live action. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: funny, by the way, in the credits they said. I don't know if you caught it at the end in the credits. They said, "And, and introducing Paul Rudd." I don't know if that was a an inside joke. Yeah. Just, yeah. just made me laugh. It's like a funny thing to throw out there. Uh, he, he, had the, was... he had the
5: he had the one character that I never thought would get on the screen in any Ninja Turtle movie. Mondo Gecko, like he was, he was awesome in the cartoon. I was like, "There's no way that guy's ever going to get into one <laughs> we, of the movies." We didn't get. We got. We we
2: played a lot of the hits. We didn't. We talked about it last week. We didn't play Casey Kasem. And <laughs> we did not play Crane. I, I was really upset to not see Crane. Crane they, like,
5: no, they teased Crane though. Yeah,
2: no, did. no I, did. We had yeah. at the
5: end. No, but did you notice, like the evil scientist lady? She was dressed just like the body that Crane's mm-hmm. usually in. Oh, so,
2: so. so that makes sense. That's hot. Good. That's a guy that has, That's like, true. the head in the stomach, right? There's another yeah. guy oh, yeah. in the stomach? Yeah. Yeah, I had the action figure as a kid, too, because you open up the stomach, the glass door, and it's just a brain you can pull out. little little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Was that right. bathtub-worthy as well, or that was, like, for your bedroom? Well, I, I'm pretty sure we had all of them in the bathtub. I still have the the pizza truck. I still have shredders. Shredders, like, satellite, where you open it up. It's a sphere. And, and by oh, the, the way, like...
5: The tech, Technodrome?
2: Oh, yeah. And... Yeah. I know people got excited about the post-credit scene. Spoil everyone knows by this time. We were all talking spoiler alerts about a uh, seeing Shredder, but I-, I think I did just like a, a Micah Parsons, just like crab walk to the 50-yard line when I saw Shredder. I was like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> like it's two years from now, it's fucking on. We're getting what Shredder I, back in my life.
1: It's kind of a, t- a teenage Ninja Turtle noob. Like I, I watched the many years ago. I watched the movies. But like, shout out that they gave like a little. Unless I missed it. Unless I misheard it. Did they did they not play a sample of Vanilla Ice's ninja rap at some yeah, point? They did. Okay. Yeah, I thought I heard right. that. I'm like, that was a disaster at the time. It was like a, a joke. Uh, but shout out to that uh, little it, callback. No, oh, that sh- that shit
5: mean, was popping when, yeah, when you slapped. were when you were seven years old and that movie came out. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We were all we were all jamming a ninja rap back then. Um, but like, isn't it like ballsy or kind of an audacity?
1: You're promising a movie with the, the ninja turtles. Like, isn't Shredder just like assumed? Right? It's like, well, how is he not in the movie? I, no, I, don't, I, like, I don't understand. I like, what they
5: did. I like what they did here. Sort of like what Spider-Man's doing where they haven't brought the Green Goblin out right away. Where they're just kind of saving that bullet. They're slow rolling bit. You. Cause it. Well, we, that story's
3: been told, man. It's yeah. been told.
5: So I, I like that they're waiting on Shredder. <laughs> There's some things I do like about this movie. It, it felt really... It felt really into the Spider-Verse. Like... You know this, the yeah. Miles Morales movie, so it really felt like a bite. The the flashback scenes, some of the animation. How I even had to look up Michelangelo's voice actor because I thought it was Miles Morala- Morales' voice actor. It was, sounded wasn't exact. It? No, 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 no. no. Oh, I thought it was. Yeah, so did I. But it yeah, was Shimon
1: Brown Jr. is Michelangelo.
5: Yeah, he was oh. not Miles Morales, but they sound exactly alike. And I like that the turtles actually felt like teenagers in this movie. Mm-hmm. more so than any other ninja turtles movie that we've ever had for the most part i felt like and i felt like they each and i felt like there was like a better brotherly bond between them than a lot of the other movies for Definitely. for some reason so there's some things that i liked in that aspect i did not like april o'neil being their age i like april o'neil being the news reporter i think that plays better it still kind of worked in this movie but i i prefer her a little bit older working for an actual news agency.
2: Reeves, and I, I take it to you, Dean, but again, this is your first experience. So I don't know, I know what I, I need to make sure I'm not feeling nostalgic. And this is true. Um, did you also feel like what I appreciate about the old turtles is that, and maybe it's because I was just growing up at the time, but I felt like everyone kind of like when they watched friends, like they connected with someone yeah. who they felt they were the most. So, like, to me, Raphael, I connected with in the older way because it was, like, an internally frustrated individual who needed therapy. And here's little John Daigle, who also was Raphael. (laughs) Um, But, like, to me, like, they're they're a little too childish, so I appreciate it. But I don't feel like I connected with them the same way. But it it could also be because I'm 35, about to turn 36 (laughs) now. I don't know. I mean,
5: that's probably more so what it is. I mean, I... I, I saw myself as a child as like each part because like Leonardo, I have Donatello? some. Influence. I was more so like a Michelangelo guy. Reeves is Donatello. I know. No, yeah. Donatello.
2: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not even yeah. a question. Yeah. yeah.
5: But Michelangelo was always my favorite turtle. I never liked Raphael. I thought great. he was such yeah. a bitch. thought he was just yeah. such a bitch. <laughs> just crying all the time. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, he, he has a big heart.
5: just Just relax just relax a little bit (laughs) how do we feel
1: about the jackie chan as splinter
5: it was fun is it it was that was a definitely a different interpretation of splinter
2: right oh yeah the uh the person i watched it with she said um is that is that like borderline italian racist and i was like i don't think splinter is italian like, no, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> it. it may it may be a bad impersonation, but he's not trying to be Italian. He's trying to. You know, was is,
1: is Italian. Is that the, is that what she's doing there? I didn't watch Bratatouille, but I don't know, but,
2: I... I don't know yeah. but but she also had never watched or never listened closely to Ninja Turtles. Whereas I was used to Sensei beating mm. the Foot Clan and Shredder, so I also heard it and I was like, I don't know, it's kind of like Chris Pratt Mario. So I'm trying to listen closer. Like every single thing he says, it was weird. Did you yeah, mansplain? I, I, I'm TMNT? waiting to see.
3: I'm waiting to see how they tie in Shredder to because he obviously, I would assume, based on this movie, not have an actual tie to right Splinter. But I don't want to assume that because they could obviously write anything back. But
5: it, it seems uh, like they're going with Splinter. I mean, um, sorry, Shredder is just this mercenary that's never screwed up a job and he's going to mess up and it's going to become personal is the trajectory it feels like it's going with him. So, Do um...
1: Splinter in the sequel? What? Are they going to kill off Splinter in the sequel? Are they going to pull like a Spider-Man kind of thing on us? I doubt it. Does he ever die? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just sort of throwing it out there. I but, mean... uh, and, and are we for sure the sequel's happening? They basically said, like in like, if you're watching the... I'm assuming this guy, does well. This movie, it did well. It did well. Okay. So it's got to yeah. be... like It's basically... and I, Maybe it's they like, sound like a two-picture deal. I don't know.
2: Honestly, and honestly, like, all these types of genres do well now. Like, Spider-Verse kind of pivoted off into this. Uh, the Mario movies are going to crush. The Mario yeah. movies are going to make so much But damage, I wish honestly. the Mario
3: movie would have punched up like this and Spider-Verse i like,
2: the Mario was still pretty hot though honestly the they're mario
3: mario hot. literally was like let's just make a baseline kids movie and it didn't try to punch up like the like these did yeah. mm.
2: and they're going like, to these go are standalone, to standalone
3: these are st- those are standalone well made movies
2: yeah the, co- the I, colors and I, I had some help but the colors in this i mean soundtrack <laughs>
1: soundtrack is amazing
5: soundtrack yeah. absolutely rips soundtrack was great
1: yeah, uh, I, just I like it. It's undefeated. People love the, I mean, it's, you know, the people that would love this stuff as kids, they have money now and they, and they want to go out and they want to show their kids. This is what I used to love. Uh, and I, I think those people that took their kids to watch this movie or watched it on the uh, Paramount where they watched it with their kids, PG rated movie, they can enjoy it enough because there's enough nostalgia in there for you and enough pop culture references you used to like when you were a child and, and your kid doesn't have to get it and they still like the movie as is. So I think it works on that level as well, so.
5: It was yeah. just a super fun movie, which is good since Dean won this week, and we're going to have to you know, watch a bunch of puppies get beat or we're something. We're
1: watching Schindler's List.
4: <laughs> you know, like Schindler's List right
5: now.
4: <laughs> when, when,
2: the, when the movie ended, I even, I even looked over and I said, that was fun. Like, that was yeah. just a lot of fun. It's,
3: like, a, it's a good time. It, it was
2: cool. It was the coolest thing I've seen in life. I movie. wanted just
3: one break for us awesome. to have. It's awesome, man.
2: And, plus, <laughs> like you mentioned Can the soundtrack. just watch the guy get split down the middle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's what's cooler Oops. than a tribe called quest tribe call quest is like the coolest thing you could ever listen to
3: and plus that i mean man, that song fits the ninja turtles more than any song oh, you could possibly yeah. have
4: yeah
1: i have the uh rotten Tomatoes score let's play the rotten tomatoes game uh rich you're gonna bat first you set the bar uh give me both the the critics and the audience for tmnt mutant oh yeah Mayhem. This did
3: well i assume
1: critics
2: Think so. Probably
3: a little lower than the audience, but I still think, well, I'll say critics, 76% audience, probably like around 90,
1: like high 80s, and IMDb, like 7.3. Give, give me an official number, Rich, an official number as far as the audience. 88. Rob?
5: Uh, 92 for the audience. I'm going to go 74 for the critics.
2: John? I'm going to go slightly higher. I'm going to go 93 for the audience. I think it's very much like Spider-Verse where people will just naturally love it because it is cool. It's just a lot of fun. Everyone should watch it. And critics, 76.
1: So the critics actually higher than the audience. Oh Critics. Critics at 96%. 240%. Wow. Uh, oh, you know 96%. what? I should
3: have thought about discounting the audience for April. And, yep, April's
5: the big one, right?
3: Uh I should have thought about that. That yeah. probably
2: a lot of people for the, for the wokeism. Yeah.
5: Yes,
3: exactly. Because yeah. anytime something even approaches it, like they like my father-in-law's out.
4: <laughs> it's, it's so stupid, though. It's so. Yeah.
3: Oh no, you're not wrong. But he was also. No, I know.
2: I know exactly where you're coming from. Yes, I know where we're both coming from. Yeah. He killed
4: people.
3: Bring meat. it up no, tomorrow night at
2: dinner. Lunch. I'm definitely not going to mention it. Anyway. How about that? I, I had to hear about it from like Little Mermaid. You remember before. April? And I was like, "Who gives a shit?" Hey,
3: <laughs> not my April. I see a lot little, of that. Not my April. Text, not my
2: April. Is a, a Little Mermaid good? That's all I need to know. I don't care Ooh. who who's the character. So it wasn't a lot of people in the
1: audience. Ninety-six percent from the critics. Ninety percent audience score. You guys wow, danced around wow. it. Okay. Rick said almost ninety, and then you said eighty-eight, and then and then uh, Rob said ninety-two. So I'm like, oh, we're gonna get, we're gonna oh, maybe maybe John's gonna middle it, but you guys danced around it. But yeah, overwhelmingly, and the, the audience 90? loved it.
5: The IMDb score? What did you say? Seven three. Oh, it's an eight eight on IMDb, right? Eight eight, John.
2: IMDb, I I, I don't have a good taste of what IMDb does yet compared to critics and nah, fans. Yeah, IMDb's
3: oh. like more like Wikipedia. Enough people care for you get rich. <laughs> okay, scores.
2: I'll say I'll say <laughs> nine one.
1: Seven two. So Rich was the
2: wow. closest. Oh, not even close. Seven two. two. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Let's put I'm a number on it. it, let's score it. I'm to think about. it. If you one. see
3: something I need to be like in the eights, like it's probably legitimately like really good. Schindler's list.
5: <laughs> I'll give it a four-three out of five. I thought it was a lot of fun. There were a few missteps, fun. but overall I enjoyed every version of the turtles, and I think that's the most important part for the movie. So it's just three.
2: it's so hard to like grade this compared to like American animals and bone saw tomahawk or bone, to- whatever the fuck we watched. Um, <laughs> bone saws oh, ready. Gosh. Hey, man. <laughs> so how do I, i tried, my goal is to group it all in and then to grade it all in as well. So I'm going to say eight three, eight four, eight point four 8.4 for Newton mayhem.
1: Uh, Rich, do you have a tight end? You're going to comp this
2: too?
3: Yeah, I think there's only one, and it's George Kittle.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, that's the perfect tight we end. Well, George Kittle's got a low floor though. Low floor, George Kittle. Uh, all it, fishing... Kittle is having a good
3: time all the time.
5: <laughs> there true. you go.
3: Uh, it doesn't matter was... if he has one catch or twelve. George Kittle operates on fun. George Kittle probably
5: the only tight end that's ever said cowabunga on the field too. If, if I were <laughs> 100
1: oh, percent. <laughs> If there's a tight end that encapsulates, like if you put all the Ninja Turtles together, it's it's Kittle, all, all their uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, attributes. I can see that. I going to give it a solid B. I, n- I never want to watch this on my own. Happy I did. It was good. Fun fun watch. I'll watch the sequel when it comes out. Like, if, if Shredder's not in the sequel, though, I, I'm out. Oh, That's he's it. in
5: the sequel. You can't hey. tease
1: me Shredder and not
2: give me Shredder. I want him the entire
5: it
1: movie.
2: Pro- it probably doesn't hold up, but man, Dean, I want you to watch like the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. At least the first one. The first one. I saw the. Up. I saw the first one. Okay. Oh, but many many, many years ago. I haven't same, seen it. In like in twenty years. The Eye one is just as bad as when cool. was released. Don't worry. I mean, the
3: second one isn't good, but it's fun when you watch it because <laughs> I think it's for us fun. But
5: it's for us fun. If you, I think, if you didn't watch it when it came out, you'd be like, "This is shit." But if you watched it <laughs> yes. when it came out, you're like, "I love this. I love that." Kevin Nash is Super Shredder. Oh, I didn't know
2: that.
5: <laughs> he yeah. is, yeah. Kevin Nash is so, Super Shredder.
1: This is the secret of the use right? Yeah. Yes. That's ninja rap. That's ninja rap, Dean. I, you know what? I was gonna. I thought it'd be funny to see what the Rotten Tomato score was, and it's not as terrible as I thought it would be. Thirty-six percent from the critics, and sixty-seven percent from the audience. So, Nostalgia. Yeah, not as horrendous as I anticipated. Uh, I'm, that might be right up there with good burger too, which is now streaming according to my Rotten Tomatoes page and wants me to watch because you know, the people were clamoring for good and they know I watched yeah. Paramount plus and here you go. They're just throwing it at me. Yeah, the, needed, the, you know, that
5: sequel 20 years later,
1: Skynet's on to me. Um, John <laughs> Panette. Oh, he's not, he's not, no, he was, who was Sinbad? Is Sinbad in the sequel? I need Sinbad in there, but, uh, all right. It's my, it's my choice right now. I got to pick something. It's you your watch. choice.
5: You can't pick uh, the Sinbad Genie movie since it never never existed.
1: <laughs> Sinbad Genie movie, what?
5: Have you have you heard of this? It's oh, I've watched it. It's not real. It never. It's Wait, not a thing. Yeah, if it. But didn't it's, exist. What did it you? Does, watch? It's not real.
2: Oh, maybe maybe I'm thinking of Kazam. Never mind.
5: <laughs> well, that's that's what <laughs> Will they Smith is G- Aladdin,
2: right?
5: Yeah, of? Live
3: action. No, no, no. Kazam is with Shaq.
5: It's the yeah. yeah exactly. It's the Mandela effect. Everyone thinks that there's this genie movie with Sinbad. Never happened. <laughs> Just like the bear, the other one, the big one is the Berenstein Bears. You you read the Berenstein Bears when you were a kid. It's right? not that it's yeah.
1: pronounced differently, right? Is it's that what it the, is?
5: it's actually the Berenstein Bears, but everyone thinks it was the Berenstein Bears.
1: <laughs> there you go. Shout yeah. out the Mandela effect. Yeah, uh, man, I've never seen the movie The Mandela Effect, but uh, is, is that worth watching? Have you seen it before, Rob? I haven't seen that now. Oh, there's a movie called The Mandela Effect. I see what's based on that premise, but okay. Um, so I was thinking like Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving movies, but like okay. there's no real Thanksgiving movies outside of like plain Like there's some really I saddles, literally like, just the watched a
5: movie called Thanksgiving this weekend. Oh, that's- I'm, not
1: gonna, I'm not going to <laughs> make you put on pants and go to the go to the movie <laughs> theater. I'm not doing that to you. Uh, how was, did you like it? They're, they're saying it's like a new holiday tradition or it's your standard. Hol- I know you're it's... a horror guy, so I figured.
5: If it's a fun slasher it's what's fun the slasher. age limit you would say too young for that movie oh dude i was watching slash so this is always hard for me because i watched slashers when i was like four years old but it's <laughs> because it's... i
3: have a daughter that's
5: begging to see it and she's super into horror that. and i was like i don't
3: know i like it's how old is she she's 11
1: rob
5: I don't know, dude. I don't want to tell him. That <laughs> sounds
3: like it. a no. If it wasn't an instant, yes, it's a no. That's how I. Well, operate. there's some. Um,
5: there's it's. It's an Eli Roth movie. Have right? you seen
3: the Sloth Horror? I movie? can't.
2: You can't watch an eleven-year-old. You can't let him watch an Eli Roth movie, dude. Like he goes it's, all in. That's why. I mean, yeah. listen. I didn't oh, wow. let her watch it.
5: it. I had an extra special experience watching this movie. Not to derail this thing. But it's obviously filmed in Plymouth. The whole show's derailed. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) It it obviously takes place in Plymouth, Massachusetts, which is like right down the street. And I went to the town of Hanover to watch it. And they're playing up this whole thing. This doesn't spoil anything, but there's like a rivalry in the movie between Plymouth and Hanover. So like right in the beginning, they're like, fuck Hanover. And I'm just like, I'm in Hanover watching this movie. It's like It was like an out-of-body experience. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. To me, I think the
1: the chalk uh, Thanksgiving movie is planes, trains, and automobiles, yeah. but I feel like everybody's seen that. Yes. Um, yeah. So I just like yeah, but it's it's a classic if you've never seen it. For I know reason, a Thanksgiving movie that you may not have seen, the Ice Storm, which is not a happy movie at all. But
3: it, what, what, an what absolute got? gem for my era, Son in Law, with Polly
1: Shore.
4: Oh, I've, seen, I've seen I've seen
1: Son in Law. <laughs> Hold up, <laughs> I'm more of an Encino Man guy. <laughs> where the, the whole, whole the thing is notes. he
3: goes to he goes to her family's house for thanksgiving right it's like she doesn't have anywhere to go for thanksgiving and he
1: goes that he goes with her i you know I, I blocked that one out but yeah i did see son-in-law many many years ago uh jury <laughs> duties and other movies popping up my head I don't know why i got the whole roll deck Shore movies
2: also just in general reeves uh explain Polly shore to your son just <clears throat> one day try to do it you can't yeah. do it he you was like
1: a huge deal. Oh, In like 1993.
2: Sure yeah, yeah, he he was like the biggest deal. And uh, those movies, there's no way they're still funny to like that generation at all. Not a chance.
5: <laughs> MTV v- VJs back when they were uh, big deal.
2: Biodome bio does not hold up. There's n- zero chance.
5: <laughs> there's zero chance.
2: <laughs> no reason okay. to juice.
1: Although uh, oh, that, that's a, uh, that's, that's a different movie. That's not bio. Listen, that Tiffany is...
3: Amber Thiessen is in
1: son-in-law.
5: Oh, so it holds up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking that, and then I was thinking like fun movies. And I was thinking, oh, there's a movie I've been wanting to see. It's in my queue. I don't know why, for whatever reason, I haven't seen it just yet. I had two more. Speaking of fun. So you got a movie you haven't even seen. Yes. Uh, and, and I, and I think it's a fun movie. It's well, last time I gave a raunchy R-rated comedy. And I think this is also a raunchy R-rated comedy, which they don't make anymore. And it's a brand new one. And it's got the delightful Jennifer Lawrence in it. No Hard Feelings. Have you guys watched No Hard Feelings yet? I have not. My wife not actually yet. has been asking to watch this. Okay. Uh, John, Rob, have you guys seen No Hard Feelings? Because it's on the Netflix. Uh, I believe it's a raunchy R-rated comedy from the year 2023 right. or 2022. Sounds sounds good. I've
5: seen it. Let's do it.
1: All right, I was I, my my old standby just in case was Law Abiding Citizen, which is a fun, hilariously bad movie. But you've mentioned yeah. that like three weeks now.
2: You're like, <laughs> yeah. we should watch Law Abiding. That trailer. was on
1: standby because like that's that feels like yeah, a, a movie that'd be fun to like break down because it's so there's so many absurd things that happen in it if you've never seen it before. But um,
2: yeah, we're gonna let's go with it. No feel Hard like, Feelings. I feel like we're gonna reach that point. It, at this no season, no, especially if I keep playing Taylor Haneke in our little tournament. So, yeah, we'll get there. Don't worry.
5: If, if I win again, moving. I have a fun movie for you guys. We're going
3: to gonna be able to play some good quarterbacks on this site.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Dagle
3: right. called squatter rights on Gardner Minshew. It's already. Hell yeah.
2: Can't wait.
1: <laughs> join by, five, the link. will be in the
4: description.
1: Too. Should tell the people to join the contest. The link is in the description on the YouTube. If you guys are still with us, do it to like, do it to supri- subscribe. Notifications, all that. Uh, join us; it's a five dollar entry fee. If you take it down, you get a month free—a month, an entire month free of RG Premium, Premium Rotor Grinders Premium. It's not Great just let ML, but it's 30. it's all the sports too. So, oh. uh, if you're playing NBA, if you're playing PGA, if you're grinding, except uh, NASCAR. Yeah, but I, you know what? I I always say that, but it's not NASCAR season. So I think I'm pretty sure NASCAR's well, done until the Super Bowl.
5: If it was NASCAR season, you wouldn't get it.
1: Yeah, but it's only a month long. So like, it
5: didn't just to let you know.
1: Thank you. That is a fair point. <laughs> if you're listening to this in like three months for whatever reason, you missed the tournament. And you're, maybe you're then, trying
5: to pre register these NASCAR tournaments, hell yeah. there's no <laughs> chance. <You're laughs> if, you're,
2: if you are replaying the week 12 NFL preview show <laughs> three months from now, please just call my cell phone and i'll get you out of jail as well there,
5: there's Dude. gonna be some psychopath that goes back and is like i actually like the week 17 of this show i'm gonna go He's back like, and listen to I, all the movie reviews well, from my, week one on my
2: friends talked about mutant mayhem so let's just go hear what they had to say yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah exactly. that's right rob tell the people where they can find you um you can catch me over at spike week it's playoff best ball season for the nfl which is god's game and you can catch me over at Hometown Ghost Stories, where we told the ghost story of King's Tavern in Natchez, Mississippi, last night. And the guy who owned the place, his name was Dick King. So that was oh. a fun, a fun story to tell.
1: Was it almost uh, Dick's Tavern? Like it's yeah, like it Dick's Tavern or King's Richard Tavern? King. Which should we go with?
5: He went with King's Tavern. So yeah. I
1: think he, I think he chose correctly. Yeah, uh, John probably went right. Where, where can the people find you?
2: The people can find me at 44.com and honestly, just go watch the movie and we're all fine. Let's just all talk <laughs> about movies the rest of our lifetime for two hours.
1: <sighs> uh,
2: I kind of want to ban- vamp too, because I want to go over two hours. So yeah, here we go. Now Reeves, you're good. We're going to make it over we, two.
1: We made it. Go ahead, Rich.
3: Yeah, sharp up on Alex.com. You can use code uh, take 71 for 71% off anything for the rest of the season. And like they all said, while well, watch the movies, you can always find me Wednesdays. 9 p.m. with my guys, Daigle and Dean, and now Rob.
5: Yes.
1: On behalf of producer Steve, who had to deal with our nonsense for two hours, producer <laughs> Rob, Rich, John, myself, I was Dean. Enjoy Ollie your Shore. Thanksgiving. Good. Yeah, Poly- <laughs> Shout out, Polly Shore. Ninja buddy. Rap Buddy. <laughs> uh, all right, we got to step aside and get out of here. Save the travels for Thanksgiving. Win some money. Do the things. Roto-Grinders, big 6 Show, Week 12. We're out. Thank you. Holler. What <laughs>